Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 225. Hooray! Yay. And, e- and even the cat said hooray. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we normally have to wait about 5-10 minutes before the cats make an appearance, but... Uh, Usually cats decide... show up to tell you've been going for too long. <laughs> yes, yeah. We've <laughs> only just started. You've not paid attention to me in a couple of hours. Yep, so it's going to be one of those days, I think. <laughs> so if you are just tuning in we are glitch free gaming we are a weekly podcast ha 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 weekly podcast that talks about gaming and all things gaming related uh, with me today is kieran same Hello. as always and uh, ben joins us from the website how are we doing ben i'm good thank you good excellent so we have a lot of games to talk about this week because we have been away. We've been busy with real life stuff and also summer holidays and being lazy sods. So uh, let's crack on with it. Ben, let's start with yourself. You have uh, been playing some of the Blair Witch game. Yes. Um, so after I was last on when we spoke, I signed up for the Xbox Game Pass alternate thingy. Yes. Um, because I was already paying for Games Pass and Xbox Live. Right. And it, and it was cheaper to pay for both at the same time. Yes. So, and um, I'd been kind of curiously keeping an eye on Blair Witch anyway, and it came out straight onto Game Pass. So I downloaded it and was given it a, a wee shot and suitably scared the crap out of myself. <laughs> Um, I actually got a bit frustrated with it earlier on because you go, you're straight into going into searching through the woods for this lost kid, and um, I got lost straight away, <laughs> and I, I walked around in circles about six times. That sounds like what you before want. I, before I figured out what way I was supposed to be going through these woods to trigger the next step, basically. Um. So yeah, a little bit of frustration at the beginning, but once I got past that, it's it's been okay. It's been interesting, scary. Right. So is it an action game or Yeah, so you're walking around in first person uh-huh. and you've got uh you've got a few tools at your disposal. You've got a flashlight and you you pick up a camcorder, of course. Uh not long into the game. Uh and you also have your companion dog with you. Oh, right. Okay. And you can use a, a, a kind of action wheel to give various commands to the dog, uh, which usually involve come back here because I've got no idea where you've gone. And it just, it, it, it'll go off and it'll bark at stuff. And it's supposed to give you a visual cue. Uh, the game also does say that it's designed for binaural audio so you should really wear headphones which i wasn't i was sitting in bed with the volume turned pretty low down right uh which made it kind of difficult to work out exactly where the dog had gone uh but once you get once you get through the story a bit you you're really relying on the dog to work out where it is you're supposed to be going because it very quickly becomes dark and you're wandering through these woods at night with just a flashlight and you're trying to basically follow the dog with the torch as you walk around. Uh, 
I don't think it's any spoilers to give away that there are some scary things in the game. Uh-huh. It's clear uh, game. Never. Yeah. So there are these kind of creatures that appear in the shadows and the dog loses it at this point and will bark and growl in a direction. And what you have to do is find the dog, look at where it's looking and shine the torch that way to stop these monster things from getting you. So it is a bit of a it's a bit of a faff, but that's kind of okay. Because it puts a bit of panic in you. You're like, where's yeah. the dog? Where's the dog? Where's the dog? Where do I need to shine this torch? And then the controller will vibrate like crazy when the thing appears on screen. If you're shining the torch and it, it's fine, it goes away. Right. Because it's haunted. Yeah. <laughs> um, it also has a, a quite a neat thing. So the camcorder you find early on, you start to find tapes to put in it and play. And some of the tapes you can use to alter reality. So okay. you can watch you you can wa- yeah, you can watch the tape and something happens in the tape and if you rewind it and pause it at that point, it'll change what's in the world right now. So an example was uh, there was a kid walk the kid was walking along and he dropped something out of his pocket. And if you pause the tape at that point camcorder away and go to where that was, the thing will be sitting on the ground and you get up as a clue. Ah, okay. Uh, there was another one that where a, a tree had fallen over and it was then, then therefore blocking your path. So you went back into the tape, rewound it past where the tree had fallen over and the tree was gone out your way again. Oh, okay. So, I've not gone... No yeah. Yeah, it was quite neat. I've not gone too far into it yet. Um, but yeah, it's definitely definitely worth taking a look, especially when it's you know freely available there on, on Games Pass. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be playing some more of it over the next week or so. I think. Cool. Is yeah, it, I want to give it a Yeah, I was going to say, is you guys thinking of playing it at all? I'm not subscribed to Game Pass anymore. Is the thing? It's the, oh, and I don't. Oh, think did I you stop? Yeah, I wasn't really playing anything off it. I just, right. I just mostly play my Switch these days. Yeah, I tend to be yeah. the same. Give me a Game Pass for Switch. Yeah, so I've I've kept the Game Pass, but I've so I think I'm the opposite of you, Kieran. So I've got the Game Pass. I keep that going, and I'm not paying for PlayStation Plus at the moment. Oh, yeah. I'm still paying for that as well. Oh, yeah, wow. I still play. It, 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 it came off the other day, and I went, oh. Oh yeah, I'm still paying for that. <laughs> I still play PS4. Still, where my friends play games, so I need to. I need to. Yes. I keep telling yeah. myself someday I'm gonna go back to Monster Hunter, so I need to keep this subscription going. <laughs> it's like that time I played for I paid for Final Fantasy 14 for a good like six months after I stopped playing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Someday. So yeah, there's there's quite a lot of things out on Games Pass at the moment, and I think. Mike, have you been playing some stuff on there as well? Uh, I have, yes. I I decided to play a couple of things. So I was checking out just before we actually started recording, um, much to uh, 
Kieran's both joy and frustration. It's taken <laughs> me so long to have eventually have a look at Superhot. Yes. So excellent. Yeah, so it's really go back to 2017, 2016's game of the year. Yes. To hear me talk about Superhot at length while Mike and Paul basically tuned out because they didn't care about it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, it. But so. The question is, Kieran, which version is the best version? Oh, it's, that's a tough one. Are we, are we talking standard, the VR, or the card game? It's definitely not the card game. I like the card game, but it's definitely not the card game. <laughs> the card game is a pretty straightforward like deck builder. Like It's fine, but it's yeah. not. Um, the VR one is very, very good. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a bit more of like a puzzle-solving element of the, the regular game that I think I still like most. Yeah, I so I've I played about fifteen minutes there, and I got quite uh, through quite a load of levels, and I do like that the the puzzle element thing. Yeah, they yeah. they took first person shooters and realized that hey, if you slow them down entirely, they're puzzle games. Yes. Yeah, very clever. So, but more importantly, I have been playing mm. Gears of War four. So. I had Gears of War 4, and it was getting to the point I thought, I want to check out Gears uh, 5 when it comes out next week. I think it's next week it comes out, or is it this week? Maybe this week. Maybe this week, yeah. But I thought I wanted to check it out, but I'd probably need to play through at least most of the story of of 4. Oh, 100%. That game starts from the end of 4. Ah, right, okay. So I had played very little lot of Gears 4 and I think it was just because at the time when I got it it was, you know, Games Rush holiday season, lots of games coming out so I didn't play too much of it at all and also what I didn't like was the way that the game starts because you know, Mark, uh, Marcus Phoenix isn't there and mm. so <laughs> you're not, you're getting little dribs of information but it wasn't enough and I think I was just impatient at the time. Um, and that, so I moved on to something else mm-hmm. and played that. So went back and played it. Uh, and the cool thing about having the games pass was I had the game installed because I own the, the physical version of the game. But the the Xbox One, it, it installs the entire game onto the, onto the hard drive anyway. So now because I've got the games pass, I can play it without putting the disc in. Uh, so just a little bit of lazy yeah Yeah. just a little bit of laziness there that was all right and i have played quite a bit i think i'm about halfway at the moment and yeah it's a good game it's more of the same in terms of gears of war if you do like you know that kind of shooter the the sort of cover-based shooter it's good it yeah I need to go back and finish it. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe I'll join you for some co-op or something that you're. That, back yeah, actually, that'd be a good idea. Because uh, I got to, I got to, um, Marcus Phoenix. Right. Um, I, so I'm trying I'm, to see, I'm trying to figure out how much further you are than me, because I think you're probably a little bit further. Yes, I am. Yeah, so I'm. I'm past that. <coughs> You you get you get to Phoenix and his, his house gets blown up. Yes, 
Yeah. I'm just after that, is where I am. I am, I think I'm a little bit further. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Has, have you had people go missing? Uh, not yet. So I don't okay. think I've done that. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. I need to play more of it. I, that game is massive, like file size wise. Yeah. Like, it's like. <laughs> On PC, I think I may have deleted it on PC. I'll need to re-download it because it's wow. like 130 gigs or something like that. It's stupid. Yeah, it is. It's a, it is a big game, and it still has the the story's quite good. Uh, seeing where it's going, because you wonder they're bringing. You know, is it the locust they're bringing back? Is it new enemies? Uh, they've got the cogs fighting with each other. It's an interesting story. Yeah. The game, the gameplay, I was quite surprised how quickly I picked it up again. And Active reload and still a good mechanic. Yes, yeah. The gears, the gears games have always been, you know, enjoyable shooters. And then the fact that they've got this engaging story and this whole lore around the world and everything, the mm-hmm. lore. Yeah, still good. So I'll try and with. <laughs> Go through it as quick as I can, and then obviously check out Gears Five. Yeah, I'll probably resubscribe to Game Pass for at least a month or so to try out Gears Five. I'm not super like excited for it, but I'm sure it'll be good. It's uh, I I do like that about Games Pass that these kind of bigger titles are coming straight onto it. Well, that's what I was going to say, Ben. They they've kind of rejigged it. A little bit now, so that not only you're getting the the brand new games coming out, you're getting the the ultimate definitive editions of them. You know, with all the yeah. passes and things like that, which is that's new from kind of E3 because last year when uh, uh, Forza Horizon, where are we now four, yeah, yes, yeah. So when four came out, you still didn't get all the DLC and everything with the game. Whereas now, you get all the DLC and everything as long as you have Game Pass. Not sure if that's for every game or if that's just for Gears. It's just for Gears and certain games. It's yeah, but it's going to be yeah more more of like when Halo Infinite comes out. It's not necessarily going to come with all DLC. Not necessarily, no. But I, you imagine that for Forza they might do it. It, I don't know. The the fact that they are doing it for some games, I think, is a good thing. That's true. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do with it. But yeah, I'll keep I'll keep the games pass. Uh, there's still quite a few games I should be checking out on there. So watch the space, and we'll we'll see what we do and what we come up with. But I think moving from kind of older games, let's talk about some new stuff again. Kieran, you played Kill the Kill. Kill the Kill, if. Um, yeah, this is a, a fighting game, like an arena-style fighting game made by, I've already forgotten them, A-plus games. Yeah. Um, it's based on the anime Kill a Kill, which came out ages ago. Um, it's a really good anime. You can watch it on Netflix or something. It's a very over-the-top silly anime about like girls and scantily clad clothing fighting each other with swords and um 
it's all set in a school that is like this dystopian, like over the top dystopian, like dictatorship of a school where the there's literally an arc in that anime where the head of the school sends all of the people out to do a cross like a cross country sports trip which is actually them going and invading other parts of the country um it's bizarre and good and silly it's something that people have been wanting a game based off for a while because it was very popular right and like the go-to that people wanted was platinum because it would make sense for that kind of like stylish action game like what they do um but A Plus Games made that um Little Witch Academia game that came out last year. Right, yeah. That I was super excited for, then played and then forgot about because it wasn't great. Um but they actually kinda nailed it this time. It was published by Arc System Works and I kinda wonder if like they had some say in it and some gave them some help or something because Going for a company that had never made a fighting game before to making this is kind of like a huge jump because this feels like really solid as a fighting game. It's it's like that kind of arena style that a lot of anime games are, like the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure game was and that J-Stars game for a while ago. Um, I'm trying to think of any other more mainstream like kind of examples, but... Kind of like how all the Dragon Ball Z games are, where they have that kind of over-the-shoulder camera and you can move around in 3D. Um, it's that kind of game. Right. But it's like a 1v1 fighting game. And it just feels really good to play. Like, you can get some really good, like, combos going. It's, you know, not the most complex or, like, you know, deep fighting system, but it's stylish and flashy and, it, you know, it's fun to play. Um, it has a story mode that's surprisingly good. Like they really kind of nailed it. It's just kind of going through. It doesn't just go through stuff from the anime. Like it kind of spins off into its own, like what if stuff. That's why it's called If, is because it's these kind of like what if scenarios that a lot of anime do and car- uh, comics and stuff as well, obviously. And I don't know. I I really liked it. I'm probably gonna play more of it. I there's a review up on the site. There's a review up on the YouTube channel. Um, it's out on Switch and PS4 and Xbox One and PC as well, I think. Uh-huh. There's a demo for it on all of those as well. Uh, I played the Switch demo, but I played it mainly on PS4 Pro, and it was like great on there. But I played a little bit of the Switch demo as well, and it seems like a really good port. Like that seems like when it goes on sale at some point, I will probably double dip and pick it up on Switch. I think. Um. But yeah, the one that I say is like you kind of need to be into the anime to be into it. It's not. It relies so heavily. Like the the roster of characters in it is so small. Like there's, oh, I forget how many. I think there's ten overall or something. Um, that you kind of really need to know who they are and just like want to play as them because of the show. So that's the one maybe downside of it. But I really liked it. I'm probably gonna play more of it. Um, I don't know, that was my kind of rant on that just because I reviewed it so I had it all stuck in my head (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of things stuck in her head though tell me about Fire Emblem Three Houses Mike (laughs) Oh, I have not played a lot of this, now this was 
they, they this along with Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, it was dying for them to come out. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance comes out, played a little bit of it. The I think it was a week later, Fire Emblem comes out, but I had family over visiting, mm-hmm. and so. I didn't get to play it, and it was one of those. I was a, and you know, chomping at the chomping at the bit, and then had work stuff happening, so I didn't get to play too much of it. I have played so far possibly about two hours of it, and I really like it. Uh, in terms of gameplay, it's Fire Emblem. It hasn't really changed as much. Uh, yeah, like the th- core combat is. Yes. Like it has changes, but they're mostly like pretty small additions. Yes, yeah. Uh the biggest thing is uh one the style. Mm-hmm. So it it now looks and plays a bit more like uh Valkyria. Yeah, I feel like they definitely pulled quite a few things from Valkyria Chronicles. Yes, yeah. Um, I'm actually glad to hear you say that because I was wondering if that's just because I literally finished Valkyria Chronicles 4 right before starting this game. Right. I was like, like, maybe I'm just thinking that because I just finished playing that, but just little things (laughs) like when you move a character up, um, it draws a line between like if they are going to aggro an enemy, it draws a line from enemy to there. Yeah. And the way it's like this curved line that goes up and down, uh, up from them and down on your character, like, is the exact same as how Valkyrie Chronicles. Valkyrie Chronicles handles it just for um, sight in general. It's not overall aggro, yeah. but it it looks the same. And there's just little things like that. And I'm like, oh, they've definitely played that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the one of the other things as well is they've added this exploration of certain areas to advance the story and it's a bit like a a third person shooter where you're playing the character and you're running around the areas exploring things yeah that that is new isn't it i don't think that's well yeah fates had um had a similar thing but it was way more it was way simpler because they had the the castle yes Yes. um early conquest that i didn't play the other one, but Conquest had the little castle that you had to go in and you could wander around and talk to people and stuff. But this is way more elaborate. This is a big, this yes. is it's Hogwarts. It's you know, yeah, it, yes, that's exactly what it reminded me of. Um, it, it's 100% what they're going for because I mean, we mentioned it, but like the setup for this game is that you are a uh, you're very quickly thrust into the role as a professor. At a military school that is set in this big old monastery, and most of the people there—at least I picked the Black Eagles. Most of the people seem to be mages of some <laughs> kind. Um, so yes, you yeah, very much I, I instantly picked... are like, "This is kind of Harry Potterish." Yes, yeah. So I picked the the yeah the the eagles as well because it it told you they they pre- uh, prefer uh, mages and, and magic powers. Yeah, and. There's one of the other houses. I think they're more tanks and yeah, but it is you are running around a Hogwarts style building. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I I think it is a, a welcome addition to Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. 
if you're looking to to get that little bit more, sometimes with some of the fire emblems, I felt I I always liked the immediacy of some of the games. Yeah, I, especially on the the handhelds, you know, on the the DSs and the the Game Boys and things. You could put it in, you get a little bit of a story, and then that was it. You were into a mission. Yeah. Uh, this is it's just taking it to the next level. Um, I can't really talk too much about more about it because, like I said, I've only I think I'm like an hour and a half in, so I can't really say much more. You finished it, have you not? I did. Or... Well, one of the routes because there's yes. early on you get a decision to make between one of the three houses, which is you know. Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. Um, yes. Or Black Eagles, Blue Lions, and Golden Deer. Yeah, something like Yeah. It's, it's still, yeah, it's basically Black Eagles have a lot of red in all of their color schemes, despite the fact they're called Black Eagles. So, really, it's red, blue, and yellow. Yeah. So, it's three of the Harry Potter houses. Um, I picked the Black Eagles and went through that route. And to start with, it seems like they're probably pretty similar, but then it very quickly goes off in its own kind of, you know, divergence. Um, I'd assume that the overall story, I'm going to probably play through this as one of the other ones, but I, it took me like 50 hours to play through this as Black Eagle. So I'm not, wow. Yeah. I'm not like chomping at the bit to get right back in and be like, all right, time to do that again. Cause I've also heard the Black Eagle story is slightly shorter than the other ones. So, oh, I'm just God like, well, tries. never mind then. Um, yeah. Like my Switch says I've played for 55 hours, but I've definitely left it running a bit here and there, so I, I'm guessing probably closer to 50. Um, but I really like this thing. So the stuff with wandering around the monastery and talking to people, like there's a bunch of stuff you can do, and you unlock slightly more as you go on. Um, but there's a point where it kind of just you just have everything unlocked, and you just know what you're doing with it. So you can wander around and talk to people, which will help get your like your I keep wanting to call them social links, but that's persona. Um your whatever your social link equivalent is. Right. Um, yeah. You can garden, which gets your professor rank up. Um oh the other thing is also everything you do well not everything you do, but some of the stuff you do when wandering around that area will use up time. And so you have a limited amount of time that you can use each day to do stuff like it is very persona ish so you can go talk to people and that doesn't use up time you can garden which doesn't use up time and you get like flowers and like vegetables and stuff like that from it which you can use for other stuff you can fish which doesn't use up time and both those also increase your professor rank which does other stuff um you can uh Oh, I'm trying to think of other things you do. You can go to uh, tournaments and enter some of the people from your class into tournaments, which are just a series of fights that are determined solely based on that character's skill with said thing. So, like if it's a you know an axe tournament, then you pick your best axe wielder, and if they're an A rank in axes, then they'll probably win it. That kind of thing. Um, that uses up time. Right. You can learn things from the other professors that are there. And that will use up time, but it will increase your skills so you can get like your healing skill up or your short skill right. up or something like that by talking to the right person. Okay. You can 
other things that don't use up time, you can give gifts to people, which will increase their motivation, which means that you'll be able to train them more later, and also will uh, increase their social link with you, so that will eventually go up and you can become besties with them. Um, oh, okay. But then the thing that I did the most is you can have lunch with people. <laughs> so you can have lunch with people, which you pick two people, that increases your social standing with both of them and increases your motivation with both of them. And it's really useful if... So in the f there is a... Without giving too much away, there is a point in that game where the game changes. But before that point, you can... I mean, it's not really a spoiler. They talked about it in the early trailers and stuff like that for that game. But there's a time skip at some point. And before that point, you can recruit people from other classes into your class if you get your social link up enough with them. So every time I was wandering around the monastery, I was going up to the lunch area and going, you two from the other class, lunch, let's go. <laughs> um, because you have to get the show, your social standing up with them to B, I think it is. Which usually most of them just have like a C store, a C social link and then a B social link. But some of them have like a C with like two lines above it, which means you have to like do it twice. And it's, um, so you end up just having lunch with a bunch of people. And like my professor is just wondering about like, yeah, I'm gonna have like five lunches today and then teach, I guess. It's weird. Um, but I really like that kind of portion of the game because like the way the overall game is kind of structured is generally there is a month and one day in that month there will be a main story battle right and then there will be roughly three or four weekends before that battle happens uh sometimes not always sometimes the battle happens earlier than that <coughs> but and the weekends is when you're doing these things so at the end of one week you it's quite good because it shows you the percentage of like what people online picked which yeah, is also that, a very yeah. Persona-ish thing because Persona 5 did that as well um, and if you like as you're going through the game you'll realize that that first weekend some, something like 90% of people always pick like explore the monastery right everyone always goes out I don't know if it's the best way to do it but everyone goes out talks to people uh, part of it's because you get side quests through that as well um, and some of those side quests are just like deliver something in the monastery and you'll just walk over and give it to someone. But sometimes they are actual battles. They're like the proper side missions. And so you have to go and talk to them in there and then you can do them outside of the explore section. Um, but then at the start of the week, you pick like the schedule for teaching your class. So you'll have like a certain number of kind of like how you have time that you can use in the monastery. Uh -huh. You have a certain number of, it's like called like scholar points or something nonsensical, but um, basically you can dedicate them to spending time with a student. So you'll be like, Hey, I want Bernadetta to get better with uh, bows because Bernadetta is the best character in that game. And I want her to get better with bows. Right. So you go up and talk to her and you train her in bows the number of times you can train her depends on her motivation. So that's why you want to get people's motivation up during the week. Uh -huh. um, because if she has like high motivation, you can train her like four times and that just gets the little experience bar for the skill to go up a little bit. And you can do that basically just to level people up between missions, which is really good. You can 
assign uh, goals to everyone, which is kind of a cool system because they've done away basically with the whole class system that used to be in the games. Right, and okay. So classes all still exist, but anyone can do anything. They just need to learn the skills to do it. And they kind of encourage this in a lot of ways as well because they sometimes didn't know still quite far in, but all characters will have... Well, I don't know if all do, but most characters have one skill somewhere in their list of skills that they are not good at. That they also... Well, usually they're not good at. That also will have three little empty stars at the end of the bar. None of the others will, but that one will. And if you train that skill enough, those three stars will get filled in and they'll unlock a special move using that skill. So, for example, the main character has one for uh, the healing skill. But like you're not really she's not really encouraged to use healing as like a main thing. Like when you first, you know, start playing the game, she wields a sword and the thing she's training in is swords. But you can level up the healing skill and you can unlock this special healing thing. And most of the characters have that to kind of encourage you to kind of like train them in more than just like I just want Bernadetta to be an archer. It's like, well, uh-huh. Her skill, her three-star skill is in uh, horse riding, so I should probably also teach her how to ride a horse. Um, and in a lot of cases, that ends up really useful, especially for her, because you then use those skills to let your characters take tests, and those tests will unlock different uh, classes. So there's different tiers of classes. There's like um, four tiers, I think there is, and the highest is like master. And the highest rank, the highest class for uh, an archer is uh, a mounted archer. So it makes sense to teach Bernadette early on how to ride a horse because later on she's going to need that skill if she wants to be the best kind of archer. Uh huh. And you end up with this kind of like micromanaging of not just what like class you're. Uh, your students are like are all in, like whether they're having whether they're wielding an axe or a bow or a sword or whatever, and you know, how to upgrade them to the next one. Cause again, most of the Fire Emblem stuff before has been your characters all start as a class. You unlock um I forget the name of it, but the upgrade uh item from the previous Fire Emblem games. And sometimes you'll get a choice between like two classes they can upgrade into. Mm-hmm. But yes. usually it's just like the one, but something's like two you can upgrade into. It's like, oh, I want to be this one instead of this one. Um, but this is just like a complete change for that, where it's like you could technically train anyone to be anything. And right. like I spent most of the game with uh, Edelgard, who is like the main uh, the main woman in the Black Eagles. She's the leader of the Black Eagles. She's like the the heir to the throne of one of the three kingdoms. Right. Um, and I spent most of the game, like, she's clearly meant to use axes. Like, the game pushes you towards, like, her using axes. That's kind of, like, her thing. And I made her use gauntlets for a lot of that game. And so you just see her, like, running up and just punching everything to death, which is cool. Um, Ended up being pretty pointless, because unfortunately, there are two classes in that game that are gender-locked, and one of them is the one that punches things good. So (laughs) Edelgard was doomed from the start, unfortunately. Um, but it's it's just cool that you can do things in whatever kind of way you want. You can upgrade people in lots of different ways, right? Um, and that stuff's super elaborate. And then 
that's like the the training part of it and then the other thing you can do on weekends like you can explore you can uh have a seminar which i rarely did throughout the whole game which is just you bring one of the other professors to give a lecture basically and that will again just give stat boosts to certain people um but really all i did was explore and uh the other one which is like fight i can't remember the actual name for it. it's not just fight but then that's where you actually battle. You go and do these side battles that are just fire emblem battles. Right. Um, and if you're... I forget, I think it's if you're not playing on hard, there is one of those you can repeat at any given time. So if you really wanted to, you could grind. But you don't really need to. Um, that's the one maybe... Not issue, but the one thing I'd say about this game is that it's pretty easy compared to previous Fire Emblem games on the normal difficulty. Um, like, I played on normal with the classic... Uh, I forget what they, what they call it, but basically, so that I had permadeath on. My characters could die. Oh, yes, yeah. But they give you so many tools to kind of deal with it that it was never really... Like, I never had a character die. Um compared even to like Valkyria Chronicles 4, which I'd finished like right before this, which I had one character die throughout my playthrough of that. But this, I never really had that. Um, especially because you get, very early on, you get the ability to rewind time. And it's a cool mechanic, but it does just make the game really easy. Uh, like you have a limited amount of times you can use it per battle, but usually you only really need it once or twice. Right. And but I do appreciate how it works. Like the way the the rewind time works is that you hit the button, and it shows you a list of every move that's happened, like broken down to like the smallest detail. It is very much like you know, uh, Edelgard moved, uh, or it'll say, you know, Ferdinand attacked soldier for four HP. But you can go down like turn by turn and go. Well, this is where I need to change things for things to go differently and then back up to that point in the battle, which is a cool way of handling it compared to something like um, oh, what was it called? What's the FTL guy's turn-based game from last year? Oh, um... um Did Super well in our game of the year. Into the Breach. Into the um, breach. Unlike that, where you re- when you rewind time into the breach, it rewinds the whole turn. Whereas this, you can go individually in and go like, so if I've moved, you know, eight units and have one left, but I realize I fucked up, I can just rewind three units back. I don't need to rewind all the way and do all of them again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is pretty neat. Um, I don't know. I, I just really liked overall. I like, like I said, I'm probably going to go back and do at least one of the other two paths. Right. I have some issues with the story. Because I can't tell until I've played them, but it feels like it wants you to play through all of them to fully get the story. The Black Eagle storyline in particular like sets up a lot of stuff, and some of it just doesn't go anywhere. Right, okay. And so I want to see if the other ones deal with it, or if it's just a thing where it doesn't go anywhere. I'd be really disappointed if like this game has DLC coming, like they, they are selling a season pass for it. Yes, yeah. And I would be very disappointed if the stuff that isn't handled in the Black Eagles campaign is stuff that's going to be in the DLC, because that's kind of shitty. Um, 
they're normally quite good in resolving the things within the Fire Emblem games. The the storylines and are normally quite tied up, and yeah, you you know, uh, with Fates, I found that you know they would they would have little story bits that um, you thought is it just throwaway information, or but they normally did deal with it and addressed it when you did it the second or third playthrough. Yeah. I feel the same, so I'm hoping this is that way. Because like this game has, like, without getting into story beats, like there is a major event that happens part way through, involving you know another group of people. Uh huh. And this it's referenced later, but nothing ever comes from it. It just kind of happens, and then that's that. And it's like, okay, well, I, and it's not something that's like intrinsically connected to Black Eagles or to. Golden Deer or something like that, so I don't know why it would be handled in a different route, but not the main route. But right, uh, I, I don't know. It's I like that game, and I think for all the deficiencies—well, not all deficiencies—for the few issues I have with the story, I think it makes up for it with the characters because each of your students and stuff like that are great, and they all have like their own little, you know side stories that kind of explain who they are and they have side stories with each other so you can be like oh well I'm making Bernadetta and Hubert hang out together and you get these little kind of story clips from them. That's stuff that you know Fire Emblem has always had uh, but I think the fact that it's just taking place in this kind of school setting is it works really well. Right. So yeah I don't know Fire Emblem 3 Houses is really good. It's it's good. If you have a Switch, you should buy it. That's yes. my recommendation. Yeah, uh, I will second that recommendation, even though I've only played half an hour. <laughs> I, will, I will consider those recommendations. If you like strategy games, it is a strategy game. Yes. With anime characters. Um, yeah. Excellent. So, Ben, you have been playing, it's that time of year again, where Ben gets all sporty on us, and uh, the first one you've been playing this time is uh, the new version of Madden. How is it? We... It was Mr. Madden this year. Yeah. Is it good news or is it bad news this time? It's uh, it's pretty bad news, actually. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Um. So, I... Well, I was obviously speaking to Paul about this because he's he's quite into American football as well. I thought for um, a second there you were going to say I was talking to John Madden about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd be most impressed. So I hadn't I hadn't picked up the game straight away, uh, and Paul recommended that I get the EA pass thing, right? Which which is actually what came off my bank account the other day, not PS Plus. It was the EA one. <laughs> I need to cancel that too. Okay. Um, but with that, you got a 10-hour trial of Madden. And I was really glad that uh, Paul suggested I do this because I sat and I played it for 10 hours. And in fact, Mike, you came in, you came around to see us and I was playing it part yes. of the trial. And you yeah. could, I'm pretty sure you could tell how frustrated I was getting the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like the last two years, you've had this full-blown kind of story mode, the long shot thing in in the game. Uh, that is gone. That and sucks. It's replaced. Yeah, it's replaced with the 
QB1 mode, which has you go through a kind of very quick final year of college uh, where you don't actually play any football uh, until the final until the final game of the year and the star quarterback has has gone injured or whatever so you end up playing in the last game and getting up getting drafted into the nhl at that point nfl even completely different sport (laughs) Uh, and yeah there's there's some there's some clips that they've recorded with the the actual show that's on the nfl network good morning sports fans or i can't remember um, and it's all very vague because obviously you can name this player whatever you want uh, and that that was actually my first problem with it, trying to make that player look anything like a human being was kind <laughs> of difficult right um, and yeah you can name them however you want but then obviously none of the recordings can refer to you by actual name. Uh, but not even the commentators can refer to you by name, which is annoying because there is actually an American football player with my name, my surname. So that name is on the database somewhere. That yeah, I they could have, have recordings said. of someone saying that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, 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 that was kind of a bit frustrating. And then I was playing, I was playing through the first season of this mode and not doing very good. Uh, I got drafted onto one of the lower teams. I had the game settings up pretty high, so I wasn't, I wasn't doing great. But then like after four, after the first four games, I'd lost all four thrown a bunch of interceptions and the game was like, look, you're doing okay here. Have a bunch of experience. It's all great. You're doing fine. And I was just like, well, I'm not. I'm doing terrible. You should kick me from the team by this point. Um, and it wasn't until later that I realized that there's a setting turned on by default that uh, has you, if you've got a player created player in the game, they automatically start. Like, even if they've been playing terribly, they, they're always picked. So I had to turn, like, I had to go into the settings to turn that off so that they would actually kick me from the team. But they still didn't kick me from the team. Because I, I also... I also yeah. I also turned the, the actual game settings down a bit. But I think at that point, I'd, I'd won two and lost eight. But I did, I did have a bit of a better second half of the season. I think yeah. I ended up winning six and losing ten. So Won your way back in. Yeah, but so I I got I got to the end of my ten hour trial though. Okay. And I was like so frustrated with this game, really disappointed in the this QB one mode because it's not it's not the story mode a long shot, but it's trying to be a little bit of that. But it's not just the kind of be a pro mode, which was also kind of a common mode there. Because in be a pro mode, you could name your player how you wanted them and use a commentary name and play in a different position other than quarterback. So I was I was not very not very enamored by the game. The soundtrack not impressed with it at all. The new kind of 
painted UI design. No, I don't like it. Doesn't even with the colorblind mode settings turned on, it's just not really working for me in terms of actually reading the menus. Hmm. Right. Um, how that menu looks. Painted. Oh, it's all brush stroke stuff. That sounds cool. It does sound cool. And some people might like it, but <coughs> for me, it wasn't working. I, the other kind of main mode that I would always play is Ultimate Team. And they seem to have done uh, some nice kind of <coughs> tweaks with that again this year. Such as like there's the, there's the challenges, which is what I would usually all, always play. But now every single challenge, you can give it uh, a kind of difficulty setting and you get like one, two or three stars yeah. from completing that challenge. So now even the high-level challenges that would have been almost impossible to complete, you can still complete them for a lesser reward. So it allows you to kind of fully complete some of the sets, even though, you know, you're not going to get all the rewards, but you're still going to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds like a kind of cool change for yeah for players who are not as good at football like myself yeah oh even even myself and um, that like there was last year there'd be weekly challenges come out and i would scope out and decide <coughs> how many of them are worth playing before i know that i'm not going to be able to get to the next reward mm-hmm. because the difficulty is going to ramp up halfway through that point uh, the other great thing is that you can just go from one challenge straight into the next challenge without coming back to the menu, loading the next challenge, and then going back into the game. It just immediately comes up once you've finished one. It says, do you want to play the next one? Yes. Which saves so much time. Yeah, that sounds like what more menus should do in games in general, of just like yeah. get your back into it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was I was kind of frustrated and quite glad I hadn't bought the game. Just played that ten hour trial, and then right. you know, speaking, speaking to Paul, who had bought the game, and he was going to trade his in. So I bought Paul's copy. <laughs> okay, so you played it, you weren't happy with it, and then you bought it. Yeah. And when does your therapy start? <laughs> tonight. Football season kicks <laughs> off tonight. This, this is an intervention. Y- yes. No. Yeah. You thought you were here to podcast, Ben. We actually yeah. we care about you. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk to you. No, it, it's because, like you said, it is that time of the year. The NFL season kicks off proper tonight as we record. Right. Um, so it was it, it was there. It's like I'm in the mood for that. It's like I'm really not enjoying this game, but I kind of still want to play it. I'm flicking through YouTube videos of this mainly because I was looking for the UI, but almost all of them cut the actual menus out, which makes sense for yeah. a YouTube video. Uh, yeah. But some of them have clips from like you know the kind of set pieces, like the kind of like not cutscenes. They're cutscenes, uh, I guess, but you know, obviously it's not story mode stuff. It's yeah. yeah. The thing, the mode you were talking about. <laughs> These people look like robots. Oh, like... The, mo- like, <laughs> the animations are janky as hell. The models are really bad. Like um, Jack Ford, who was in the long shot mode, 
and had a really good detailed model. Yeah. For some reason, they've just replaced his model this year with some shit one. <laughs> it's weird. Like, why not just use the good one from yeah, before? Use you've got. I don't, that's weird. Yeah, because like it's I, I remember seeing stuff from like last year's Stormwood stuff. I think it looked good, and yeah, the, I just saw like a cutscene of like it looked like someone standing like on a podium of some type. And he just looked like this weirdly yeah. shiny robot man. That's that's him. Like, yeah, that, that's Jack Ford. It's like, what is this? And then, like, um, half the half the animations are barked. So, uh, if I throw a touchdown, you can flick the stick, flick the right stick in a certain direction, and one of your different styles of celebration. Uh, but some of the animations aren't long enough for the cutscene so he'll animate like a celebratory fist pump and then just stop and stand there for the rest of the camera transition that's weird and then there's a few um some of them they'll just completely change where your player was standing in order to show some animation but rather yeah. than like making it a cut to a different camera, you actually see the model just being dragged halfway across the pitch to be in position for this animation. It's just that there's a lot of sloppiness. Yeah, it's, in this it's weird. Game. It, sounds, it sounds like the kind of Madden game you would expect at the start of a console generation, not the end. Yeah. Like the hey, we've just switched to a new, you know, console with a new engine and stuff like that, and so we're having some technical difficulties. Not we've made five of these for this now. Yeah, well, exactly because we broke it. They did. They obviously made the switching engine a few years ago when they switched to using Frostbite. Yeah, it's their their in-house sports engine that they've been using for years, and like. This almost seems like it should be the first one that used Frostbite, but... Or Is it definitely still know? used Frostbite? I know a bunch of... Like, That's a very good question, actually. Because the talk was after Bioware's last couple of games that Frostbite is apparently not very good to use, and so people were very much like... EA Studios were very much coming out as we don't want to use this engine. Um... Yeah, there is no, there's no thing about Frost. So I'm guessing they haven't, which maybe might explain why. why they had to change all the models. That feels maybe like something they should have waited an extra year for and just done it as the console switched or something. But maybe this game will, maybe hey, maybe the next gen consoles are coming early next year. Yeah? They need this out there so they can get it on it. <laughs> maybe before the before maybe. this time next year, I doubt. Could it's probably not likely. Yeah, I think there is a very obvious, like, kind of all the games we know about for next year are coming out in the first like quarter of next year. And the conspiracy theory in my head is that's because the new consoles are coming out early next year, and so we don't know anything past that point because of that. Really, it's probably just because that's just when the people have got games coming. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, it sounds like it's not not what you want from this year's Madden. Yeah. No. No, it was it was quite a disappointment. That's unfortunate. So yeah. Uh I'm sorry, I had the wrong tab open there. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I, so oh, so the other thing that they've added to Madden, and this will give me a segue, is that they have added just this week a battle royale mode mm. to Madden. Hundred football it, players it, drop on the island. It, it's not it's not quite like that, but it kind of works. <laughs> Go scavenge so, for footballs in empty buildings. <laughs> what it is is you you kick off the mode, and mm-hmm. you get to pick like three or four superstars for your team to build up a kind of a, a team for you to use. And you play a game, and if you win the first game, then it goes okay. Right here, pick another couple of superstars for your team, and you go up. And I think you can only win like four in a row, mm-hmm. but they're also just super quick games of whoever scores a touchdown first wins. Yeah. So it is it's quite neat and it kind of works. But it's battle royale in a sports game. I just yeah, not sure. Oops. However, we all thought battle royale and Tetris was a crazy idea. Yeah, this is also true. That is true. They pulled it off. Yeah. And and how well did they pull it off, Mike? <laughs> so well. Mike, <laughs> tell us a good Tetris is. <laughs> uh, well, we'll just start a new episode. Um, yeah, uh, they have just done the one of the first big updates for the game. So they had. I have. I was just actually playing. So <laughs> I've just killed <laughs> killed myself there. Um, but. Yes, they have just done a major update for the game, and you can now get the is it the the full set of uh, the first phase, the DLC you can get now, and that comes with various game modes. There's a marathon game mode, which is a single player mode. There is uh, various local multiplayer versions you can play. You can play a share battle, which is just if you've got two uh, Joy-Cons. You can split them up and play a two-player. You can do a local arena, which is up to eight players on your one TV, you know, doing Tetris 99, or in this case, Tetris 8. Uh, Mm -hmm. And there is a a proper offline mode where you will battle against 98 bots on its own. Um, Pick that up. I, I have picked this up. I played a little bit of that just before we started recording. It was quite easy. So I'll need to play around with it and see if there is some way of tweaking the, the AI's ability. I imagine there will be because it, it wasn't really much fun. So I imagine there's, there's a mode of that in there. The other cool thing that they have now is themes they've added a whole load of themes so how you get these themes they have now added a a currency into the game it doesn't look like you can spend real money to buy the currency and how you you get this currency it's uh tickets 
and how you get tickets is every day there is a, they call them daily missions as things you have to do. So as we're recording this right now, if you went into Tetris 99 and see what the missions are, one of them is to finish in the top 40 of a Tetris 99 online battle. And if you complete that, you get one ticket. I could, the other maybe, one... just, could maybe just about complete that. <laughs> um, the, the other one is to play CP, CPU battle one time and you get a ticket for doing that. Uh, there are four active missions that you can do at any time, and they get refreshed daily at 12 a.m. So that's quite cool. I think everyone started out with 10 tickets. I'm not too sure. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, if, yeah. Well, I started with 10 as well. At least. Yeah, so I imagine everyone started yeah. with 10. Uh, the themes are going for 15 tickets apiece. Mm-hmm. And they're really cool themes. So there mm-hmm. are, just having a quick look, there was uh, a couple uh, based on Nintendo properties. There's a Donkey Kong one, Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Brothers. And then there seems to be other things as well. There's one called Treasure Hunt, uh, Toy Blocks, School. So they the kind of more generic themes as well. Mm-hmm. So I, they all nice as well. They do. They they all they all look nice. nicer than the Fire Emblem one. Yeah, that Fire Emblem one. <laughs> the Fire Emblem one was rough. Yeah, it. Uh, I I couldn't wait for the event to be finished. <laughs> so I, I unlocked to... that one. I missed out on unlocking the Splatoon one, which I actually liked. Oh, did by, you? But I unlocked this one on my second try. Oh, oh. wow! So I think we. <sighs> Before these, this update came through, there was only three special ones, wasn't there? Because there was the Tetris one, the Splatoon one, and the Fire Emblem one. I don't think there was any others. Yeah, the Game Boy Tetris one, you mean? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so they've now added these others in. I imagine there'll still be special events where you can get you know, ones and you can only unlock them uh, during these events across the weekend. Yeah, that's pretty much everything that they've done in the update uh, that you can see anyway. Kieran, you were talking about there's a is it a super or or something that's available once you win uh, an online match. Oh, um, it's called the Invictus mode, which is basically just the same, um, but it's on a different matchmaking level. So you unlock it once you've won a game. Right. And once you've won a game... You can go to this matchmaking mode that is just the same, but you matchmake with other people that have already won a game before. So you end up with this kind of higher tier, theoretically at least higher tier of players. Um, I say theoretically because I've won two games. And I'm really bad at that game. So yes, um... <laughs> sometimes you just lock into it. Um, but uh, I've not actually tried it myself yet, but from what I understand, it starts at a higher speed than the normal game does um, ah. so it's already so it's like a little bit more difficult on top of that um, right. i'm probably gonna try it out because why not it's free um but i've not tried it out yet but it sounds quite cool and that hopefully yeah. i'm hoping it makes the normal matchmaking a bit easier because like all the better players kind of move to the the you know the higher rank one well i don't know most times when you get something like this it's kind of the old 
the, the comparison I'm kind of drawing is, you know, ranked the the just normal yeah, a normal online and, game and, and ranked, and yeah, and people uh, people refuse to play the rank because they if they get beat they'll go down, so they'll sit yeah. and play in the the casual rooms. This and doesn't seem you, to have that at least. Like you can you can unwin a match. Yes. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I'm I, not sure. yeah, I just think that you'll get people that will think, well, no, I'm, I'm not going into the, the super duper room. I will sit and yeah. pick on noobs all day. I don't know if there's any like special rewards for it. I think I think there's a there's a second currency that you can use for unlocking some of the um, the cosmetics, which are just like you know avatar images, basically. Um, oh, is there a currency for unlocking the? I think there's a currency for it. I know that a bunch of them are just unlocked by the like achievements. Yes. Maybe actually it is just achievements, but and there's achievements tied to that. There's something tied to that that you can only get through that mode, which I think will encourage people to do it. Um, yeah. Which maybe it's just achievements that I'm thinking of. That there's some that are just like in Invictus mode, you know, defeat four people or come in first or something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I've not really played much since this update, just because it came out today. But yes, yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. It it definitely adds some more stuff to it as well, and it made me, you know, buy that that eight ninety nine pack. Um, now, to be fair, I paid for it with points in the loyalty <laughs> system. So fake, money. fake <laughs> yes, cashback. Yeah, I used my cashback. I mean, yeah, um, it's, it's literally just a cashback system. Yeah. Uh, uh, I may also buy the DLC now because I wasn't really interested in it because it, all the DLC really adds is like offline modes. Yes. And I have Puyo Puyo Tetris for my offline modes. Yep. But being able to unlock more of these custom themes makes it actually an interesting like prospect of, of playing instead of Puyo Puyo Tetris. As much as yeah. I like Puyo Puyo Tetris. Yeah. Whoever came up with this unlocking the the custom themes and stuff i think they they've either listened to this podcast or they somehow got into <laughs> you, your head and my head and they knew that that was it they wanted to get nine quid out of us that was exactly. how they were going to do it i really want a zelda one because you know what you know what's oh. going to happen yeah we, we're going to play all these games and uh we'll unlock the themes and never go back to them again that's oh, that's how it usually goes yeah, <laughs> I mean, I have not played until this update came out today. I had not played Tetris ninety nine uh, since I won the Fire Emblem skin. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. cool. So, but uh, moving on, you have played some more No Man's Sky this time. I think you checked out the was it the VR that you checked out this time. Yes. So. Not got a massive amount to talk about in this, but yeah, I got a PlayStation VR like a few months ago, like I mentioned on the podcast at the time. Yeah. And part of the reason was because they announced VR support for No Man's Sky coming this year, and it came out end of last month, I think it was, mm-hmm. the start of the yeah. month four. Um, and it's really good. They haven't, there's a big new update for No Man's Sky called Beyond that changes a bunch of stuff in general, and like VR is just No Man's Sky in first person with, you know, the VR headset. And it's kind of buggy in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things that don't work the way you would expect, and hopefully they get there in the end. But 
to start with at least i think it's a really good starting point and i'm never there's like a lot a lot of people that you know talk about vr in an almost like religious way where they're like oh it doesn't matter what the game is you know it adds so much more immersion just to have the vr no matter what and i've never really agreed with that because i i think vr is fine but it's it's not really like it is fine it's it's not like this amazing you know game-changing technology like people were kind of hyping up to be it's an okay thing that is unnecessary but fun uh-huh. Um, but in No Man's Sky VR, I start to understand like why some people are like that because I still think it's like unnecessary. It's just kind of cool and fun. But it is probably my favorite way to play that game now. Oh, okay. So, like again, they don't change that much. You're still just like exploring planets and you know gathering materials and building bases and stuff like that. But you're just doing it with you know you're doing it in a way that makes you feel like you're actually you know on those planets looking around and stuff like that and that kind of just adds it's a game that at least the way i've played it has always been this kind of like you know lonely exploration kind of thing and it's a game that is perfectly suited to putting you you know in it in that kind of virtual way um the way it works is that you have well you can apparently just play it with the regular controller so that you just control it the exact same way but in VR. But I've been doing it with two move controllers. And so you move around by holding down a button and pointing and you can teleport to a place. Or you can set it so that you can hold a button and it just makes you move forward and then you point to kind of turn and move around. That made me very motion sick. So I went with the teleporting because I didn't need to projectile vomit everywhere. Um, when you're flying a ship, the way it controls is that, again, you have a move control in each hand that you reach out and grab like the two main parts of the, the ship to fly. Like You've got your throttle and you've got your stick, and you, you move them about as though you're using like a POTAS to do it. And it's not perfect. Like it's, it's a bit jerky. It's a bit, you know... It's not as good as having like the actual thing there, but it works well enough, and you get used to it really quickly in a way that kind of is really cool. Um, and then also like you know each move controller is your hand, so you can move your hands about and scan things and shoot things and stuff like that. And it's just you know I think that update for I'm not 100 sure what was added in this update for No Man's Sky compared to the last big one because I didn't play a whole lot of the last big one. Right. Okay. But. This VR stuff and whatever they've had in the last couple of updates has made that game even better than it used to be. And I've always liked No Man's Sky. Like, you can go back and listen to the podcast from when we were first talking about it. And, you know, yes. I mean, you quite liked it still, even at the start when people were disappointed well, he, with it in lots of yes. ways. Yeah, yeah. And we were just like, I mean, yeah, it's not this big, crazy thing, but it's really cool. Over time, they've got to the point of being. It is now that game that people wanted it to be at launch that it wasn't. Like it has multiplayer now. Uh, one of the things this update adds is um, a couple of updates ago they added a thing called the Anomaly, which is just a big space station that you go in and there's some story stuff that goes there that you have to kind of go and talk to people for. Right. They've updated that now so that it's way bigger, and is also a multiplayer hub. 
So you go into it and there's just other players running around with you know their own spacesuits and their own ships and their own guns and you can just walk about and interact with them and stuff. Um, something that's quite cool is they don't separate out VR players from regular players. So you can see VR players because they're teleporting around and waving around their hands like fucking nonsense. <laughs> um, whereas everyone else is, you know, they have their preset animations and stuff because they're a normal th- first or third person character in a video game. But yeah, the first part, like the VR players are wandering around like waving at people and stuff. And you're just like, okay, that's a VR player. I can tell because he's like, you know, f- fumbling with his headset and I can see his hands like over where his face should be. Um, it's very silly, but I like it. I think I don't really care about multiplayer in No Man's Sky. That was one of the things that when they were when the game came out and people were like, oh, it doesn't even have multiplayer like they said it would. I was very much just like, that's not the point of the game. That's not like I don't know why people want that from this. And I still don't really know why people want that from this. But having this multiplayer hub where you can just run around and wave at people is pretty fun. Um, the VR stuff is like kind of buggy, is the only thing I'd say. is it's, I had to reset multiple times because uh, most PlayStation Move ga- or all PlayStation Move games or uh, PlayStation VR games have a thing where you hold the start button and it recenters the camera based on where you're looking at. Sometimes No Man's Sky would just not do that. And so it would think I was looking like 45 degrees to the left. And so if I just straightened up in my chair and looked straight ahead, everything, that, including my hands, were 45 degrees to the left of where I was looking. And I had to just quit out and then open it again to get it to recenter the whole thing. I've not had that happen as often. They're, they're patching it pretty frequently, so I think they probably actually already fixed that bug in particular. But there's still lots of little things like you... A really dumb one. When you get into the ship and you place your hands onto the you know the throttle and onto the stick and you, hold, you press the button that makes them like grab on, it's like a predetermined animation that makes them grab on. Like It just sticks the model to the other model. And... When you do it, it looks quite good and it kind of matches up pretty well. If you go into the space station and customize your spacesuit, even if you change it back to the defaults again, your hands clip through the the stick and the throttle every time. And it's like, even if you change it back to the defaults, it's something about it has forgotten where your hands are meant to go. And it's little bugs like that that are just like, ah, do you, I, it's not you know, game ruining or anything like that, but yeah. It's something that makes me kind of want to play uh, uh, what's the space game that you play, Ben? Elite. Elite Dangerous. I want to play Elite Dangerous in VR now. It's great. I don't have a VR headset from a PC. Is the only issue. Yeah. And my whole test doesn't work on PS4. Actually, I don't know if it does. That's (laughs) worth trying, actually. Let me try. I think I've got a PS3 one. I don't think that works on PS4. Nah. I think mine is old enough that it's the PS3 version of the Hotas. Um, but because one of my favorite things about this is just me flying around the ship in VR. I think it's really fun. It's really neat. And so it makes me think I would actually probably really click with Elite Dangerous in a way that I didn't when I first tried to play it if I yeah. had that VR experience for it. So maybe I'll try and figure that out someday. 
there was, PC's there good was, enough to do it. I could probably just buy a expensive headset. There was two things about playing Elite in VR for me. The first was that it was the point where I remembered I'd made a female character. <laughs> and the second was when I realized that the cockpit of the ship I had at the time had a glass bottom, which made it really easy to land. That's really cool. So yeah, one of the things they've done in this update for No Man's Sky is that they realized that it's something I didn't think about, but they kind of wrote about it in one of their blogs or something, or Twitter, I can't remember what it was. Um, but when you're making something in VR, the scale has to be different than if you're just making it for a regular, like, you know, first-person camera on a video game. Mm. And the thing they realized is that all their ships looked really tiny if you were in VR and looking at them like in 3D. So they had to scale all the ships up and like detail all the insides of them way more than they had before. And all the ships as a result look really cool and they look noticeably better than they have in previous versions of the game. And yeah, in VR you can just turn around and look at stuff. Um they all look slightly different from each other and they all have slightly... I don't have any with like a glass floor, though. That sounds pretty fucking cool. Yeah. But it was something that I would never have noticed about that ship if I had oh, yeah, played definitely. VR. When you would you be see. looking at the floor? Or can yeah. you even look at the floor? I bet well, you, you can, probably you can. You can only look down at the controls in front of you. But then in VR, you can obviously lean forward and look yeah. past those controls. I guess that's true. Um, one of my favorite things to do in VR, which is like near impossible to actually properly handle, and so most games don't even try, is centering the camera from when you're sitting and then standing up. And so, for example, in Gran Turismo Sport, standing up so your head's sticking out the top of the car, or <laughs> uh, in No Man's Sky, sticking your head out the top of the ship so you're just like in space, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> I also had a glitch where. A few updates ago in No Man's Sky, they added, um, uh, what should we call them, like big ships. I'm really bad at words today. Um, <laughs> big trading vessels that you can get. And when you send them out, you can send them out on missions. And if they get damaged, you have to like land on them and then go and repair the things that are broken. And so right. I was doing that for one of mine in VR. And then I clipped through the ground. And I was just falling through space in VR, and I was like, "Oh fuck, this is going to kill me in real life. This is this is not <laughs> this is not an experience I needed to have." Um, it was fun. It eventually fixed itself. Like it realized it was out of bounds and teleported me back onto the ship. Um, or I want to believe in lore. Like one of the the you know crew on the ship realized that the owner, not even the captain of the ship, the owner of the ship. Was falling through space and need to rescue it. Um, but yeah, No Man's Sky VR, it's really good. That Beyond update seems really good in general as well. Like they've redone the whole story mode, they've added some stuff to the base building, they've basically changed a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm not 100% sure everything that Beyond adds because again, I didn't play a whole lot of the last update, but that game's great, it's always been great. and. Uh, from what I understand, part of the big changes they had to make for the VR is performance-wise. So I played a bit of it out of VR and PS4 Pro, and the frame rate is definitely way more solid than it used to be. Um, I imagine it's probably the same on PC, because that game was quite a resource hog on PC as well. But yeah, that's guy. It's pretty good. 
Um, I don't have a good segue for this, so Mike, just tell me about <laughs> Marvel Ultimate <Alliance> 3. <laughs> it's rubbish. You won't like it. Let's move on. It's like falling through space. <laughs> I am kind of torn when it comes to Marvel Alliance, Ultimate Alliance 3. It has the nostalgia factor because it hits certain beats mm-hmm. that the, the first and second game does. And then it does a couple of things that are modern and sort of ruins it a little bit as well. So, first of all, the game looks fantastic. I love it. Really yeah. good. Uh, voice acting, the whole package. They, they've done a really good job. Uh, is it Temco? Koei Temco? Team Ninja? Team Ninja, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So they've done a really good job with the game. Yeah. Uh, but it's short. So uh-huh. the the story, if you're comparing it to the first two Marvel Ultimate Alliance games, it is quite short. You can play it through, but it does have certain things that the, the other games had as well. So there's the ability to level up, get more powers, and also get different costumes for the characters, like, you know, mm. different outfits. Uh, and depending on the character, if it's Spider-Man, you'll be able to get the Black Symbiote costume. If... Yeah, um, that's probably about the only one. I think I've only done say, two or three costumes. I think the Black Symbiote costume was one of the DLC ones as well, like the free DLC they just added. Yes, yeah. And so it was, it was like that, World War Hulk and Miss Marvel. Yes, yeah. The, the, so the Miss Marvel, Marvel costume for Captain Marvel, that is. Yes, that's right, yeah. So the thing with the game is that once you've played through the story mode, there isn't it doesn't feel like there's much need to go back and play through it again but yeah. you do, you need to go back and play through the entire story again because that is how you are able to unlock all the costumes one of the strangest things that i found so marvel ultimate alliance if you've never played any of the other games you there's a, an entire roster of marvel heroes and you make a squad of four. Mm. And if you're playing a single-player game, you can switch between all of them as you go through this dungeon crawl, which is essentially what it is. And you can switch between your heroes. That's fine. You can create your own teams. Now, you could create uh, a team based on an already known comic alliance. So if you picked Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, and Captain Marvel, you would have the Avengers. Uh, you know, so and you can have Fantastic Four and all sorts. You can the champions are in there, which is a newer one. Uh, there are newer characters in this game as well. So the the new Miss Marvel's there, Miles Morales, Spider Man is there, Spider Gwen. So there's quite a few new characters, quite a few old characters as well. Mm-hmm. But you pick your team and you go through them and they will level up 
and as you level them up, they can unlock powers, uh, you know, special attacks, essentially. Uh, every character has four special attacks that you can unlock, and you need to get to, I think it's level 20, is sort of the base level where everything gets unlocked, and then you're just basically getting stronger from that. Mm-hmm. But the biggest difference from in this Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 as opposed to 1 and 2 is that your team or your entire roster doesn't level up at the same time. So in the previous games, your characters would... You would get all the resources. So let's say you leveled up to level 20. Any character that you hadn't picked so far he leveled up alongside, so uh, it was a catch-up mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. This game doesn't have it. So if you are playing the game and you first come across Iron Man, Iron Man is level 6 because you, you get him quite early in the game. But should you choose not to use Iron Man and then towards the end of the game you think, oh, he, you know, some of the powers that he have would would help me here you're at the end of the game you're fighting uh higher level baddies and bosses iron man's only level six he hasn't leveled up there's there's no catch-up mechanic so what you then need to do is you can go back and you can do the chapter select thing and grind your way through earlier levels that you've played through yeah i do feel that's part of the purpose of the experience crystals that you unlock Okay. Manually do it, but you don't get a lot of them. No, you don't. So I played through the entire game. I finished the entire story and I did some of the Infinity Trials. So this Mm -hmm. is something else that you can unlock. And it's the the, Infinity Trials. What they do is you earn, uh, is it stars? You earn stars as rewards for doing these various trials. That's like where most of the actual, like, costume unlocks are or from like yes. playing the, the that's yeah so what you how you get these stars is you do certain things in the missions that might be uh you defeat you have to play through a level that you've played through before all of the infinity trials are based on parts of the game that you've played through before mm-hmm. and it may be that you are on a time limit uh, you've only got 30 seconds to beat the entire level but you get time for defeating enemies. Yeah. Uh, But again, you're playing parts of the game that you've already played. You're just replaying these sections, dungeons, over and over and over again. Yeah, or a lot of them are like, here's a harder version of the boss fight against Magneto, or whatever other boss fight. Yeah, but the issue... (sighs) The issue comes in again as well is where you get uh, solo missions. So one of the early ones was Spider-Man. And Mm. so you need to play through a certain part of the game as Spider-Man and Spider-Man only. Now, it's a level 20 dungeon that you're playing through. So you need to drain to get Spider-Man up before you can do that. Exactly, yeah. So... I thought, right, I'll take Spider-Man and I'll use my crystals that I'd got through the game. Use my crystals, and I used every single one of my crystals to get him to level 20. 
So I could only level up one character, essentially, mm-hmm. and get him up to an acceptable level. So if they want you to play the game over and over, you know, like Diablo, I don't have a problem with it, but give me more dungeons than what yeah. they have, or make it easier for me to to be on the level playing field. <sighs> but the game is good. It's just these kind of niggles that feel yeah. that... There needs you know, to be you, more of it, really. Yes, there needs to be more. You're going to get me quite frustrated and quite tired with it. Uh, I found myself going back, so I played through it and did one or two of the trials and I thought, I'm done. And then I left it a day or two. And then, you know, the collector in me was going mad. I want the costumes. I want to see what mm-hmm. the costumes are. So I went, there was a, a one of the Infinity Trials, one of the the first costumes you can unlock is a costume for Captain Marvel. And you need to get 17 stars. So you need to basically, the, the first Infinity Trial, you need to, rinse it get through mm-hmm. uh do you know play through all of them and you're looking at about these you can get a maximum of three stars you're looking at getting two stars on every trial that you can get so did that some of it was hard work got through it finally i've got my my costume for captain marvel go into the section where you can try on the costumes and it's a color change yeah <laughs> i've heard that i've heard a lot of the Costume unlocker just color swaps. Yeah. Which is disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I you know that Captain Marvel was <laughs> costumes and various, you know, incarnations through the comics, so I don't know why it was necessary to say, right, okay, we're just gonna do a color change. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, uh, so one of the other characters that I was using and I wanted to to unlock the costume for was Miss Marvel, the new Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. And after I saw that, I thought, I'm not going to bother because I know that the comic book character has, she's just recently got a new costume. So you're going to make me jump through hoops and play the game for hours and hours and hours to change the color of it. Yeah. yeah, we know it can be that. It'll probably just be a color swap from her current one. Yeah. So. Yeah. I will say the Infinity Trials do also unlock a couple of characters, is the one thing. But yeah, the costume situation is bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they do unlock some of the, the, the characters as well. I suppose the fact that I'm picking holes and things like that mm-hmm. does show that it is a good game I yeah like the core the core game is really good yeah um uh of i think course... i like the combat a bit more than previous games it feels like i didn't dislike the combat in the previous ones but i, I don't know if it, i think it feels a bit more action gamey a little yes. less just it's yeah. still very button mashy but i feel like you you will die very quickly if you do just button mash and don't really think yeah. about how you use your powers and stuff yeah, the the one thing. How did you feel about the the level progression and the the actual combat? How did you feel? Um, I'm at the X Men Mansion just now, right? And I found the area before this, which is the Avengers Tower, where you fight mm-hmm. Ultron. That one I felt a bit under leveled by the end of it. 
Yes. Like I was doing that boss fight and felt like I was, you know, like I should have been higher level than I was. But so far for the X-Men stuff, I've felt fine. Right. So I think it's maybe a bit inconsistent, if nothing else. Yes, yep, yep. Did you also feel, in terms of kind of the, the way that the levels are designed and what you're playing through, it just feels like you're going from one boss battle to the next? Have you have you felt that way yet? There is definitely quite a lot of boss battles in it, yeah. Yeah, um, and sometimes it just feels like you, you're getting shifted and, and pushed along this linear path of, you know, oh, yeah. Look! Look who it is, everybody! It's Loki, and you know. Yeah, there's definitely look. some of that. There's not as much of. I mean, the other ones, the other Ultimate Alliance games were pretty linear as well. Yes. But I feel like there's less stuff off to the sides in this than there was in those games. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to see what the DLC for this, because again, like Fire Emblem, they're selling a. Uh, season pass for this mm-hmm. we know that there are characters uh, new characters that you're going to be able to get and they have said there's there's playable content but they haven't told us whether it's going to be infinity trials or it's going to be story based yeah, we don't really know yet based. I would hope so yeah um, so it is one of the reasons that I haven't went all in on that season pass, once I know what the first piece of DLC is, if it is story based and you know missions and a couple hours gameplay, yeah, I'll I'll pick it up. So, but uh, yeah, what's your general thoughts on the game? Um, I'm liking it. I I want to try out the multiplayer because I've not done that yet. But no, I I haven't done that as well. To be fair, yeah. but the core like game I am enjoying. Uh, the only reason I've probably not finished it yet it's just because like fire emblem came out and stuff like that so i've been playing other stuff but i yes. am enjoying it um it's i don't know it's it's a good game it's i don't yes. know if it's necessarily like the best ultimate alliance or anything i think i like the way it plays a bit more than the previous ultimate alliance games but then like you right. said like some of the level design maybe not quite as much yeah um yeah, I, I found. Yeah, I, I found some of the characters, uh, especially Miss Marvel, is over. She is overpowered. <laughs> Miss Marvel can just punch through things real easy. Yeah, she's got the 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 one attack, the one special attack, and it's where she just uh, does the is the they call it the one two punch combo, mm-hmm. and she just batters the living hell in. If you get in front of even some of the bosses, and you could just drain their power. Yeah, I found that Captain Marvel is very powerful as well, um, as she sh- probably should be. Yes, yeah. Uh, whereas comparatively, I've found, like, I have had Spider-Gwen on my team pretty much since I got her just because I like the character. Yeah. But I found her to be uh, maybe a little bit underpowered compared to some of the others. Yeah, I found Spider-Man to be the same. Yeah. Uh, the Hulk, the Hulk is... The Hulk's the Hulk. He he's just this big green tank, and he punches. I haven't actually used the Hulk yet. Um, oh right! But I probably will now that they've on they've part of the free DLC was the uh, World War Hulk skin forum. Yes, which I like. I like that outfit. Or sorry, Planet was it Planet Hulk or World? I mean, whatever. The same uh, difference. Yeah, um, it probably was Planet Hulk. 
Oh, yeah, he's okay. got like the helmet and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good game. So. Yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely liking it. Cool. You'd revive Marvel heroes, though. Uh, yes, yeah. I, uh, I still like Marvel heroes. Yeah. Um, is that finished now? Did they? Yeah, it got shut down last year. Ah, right. Which is unfortunate because I liked it. Yeah, uh, I bought a little bit of content for that. I didn't buy too much. But... Yeah, same. I bought a couple of characters and I was going to. Yeah. Uh... This game is lacking in Squirrel Girl. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, she could show up. <laughs> One of the DLC packs. Yep. You never know. So. Here's hoping. <laughs> so, Ben, you have been playing sport games again, but, they, well, I don't know if you can call this one a sport game, can you? I don't really? Know. It's technically a sport. Technically, yes. So, uh, um, Technically, it's a board game. Well, I suppose so. It's, t- well, it's a tabletop game. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, it's a tabletop game. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so I've been playing Snooker 19 on the Switch. Um, which is probably where this game belongs, to be fair. It's 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 a strange one. I, like, I, I played a load of Snooker games when I was younger. And it was the one thing that you played on the web a lot, Snooker games. Yeah. Um, and it's also like one of the things you get taught in in any computer game programming courses, you know, ball physics and how to make a snooker game. Yeah, it was definitely um, one of the first things. That and uh, poker. It's like, here's yeah. how you do basic AI, poker. Here's how you do basic yeah. physics, snooker. And it's like, great, thanks. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I thought it tripped down kind of memory lane to pick up Snooker 19 on the Switch. Uh. And it's not terrible. I can't really complain at how the table looks and uh, you know how the how the ball physics that work. It's fine. Uh, the character models are atrocious looking. Right. Um, not, probably worse than the Madden ones. Um, well, thankfully, you don't need to see them very often. Just when they do a handshake before the game and when they appear to reach over the table to actually take the shot. Uh, it's got a kind of career mode in it. Uh, it doesn't let you doesn't let you make your own character or anything, which is a bit silly because whichever character you do pick gets put to the bottom of the rankings no matter what they were beforehand. And you've got to kind of build your way up through, through a career uh, from there. Although so far, like playing against the higher ranked players doesn't seem to really make much difference in how skilled they are. So uh, that that's a bit strange. Yeah. I was kind of expecting more of a challenge. Basically, <laughs> I I qualified, I qualified for the first tournament, but then I didn't qualify for the next one. Uh, but then the actual first tournament came after the second qualifier on the calendar so i'm playing through that first tournament now and i'm in the quarterfinal even though i'm like bottom in the world i've beaten i think the 
fifth in the world, twenty something in the world now, in the quarterfinal against someone else. So, like that seems a bit strange. Um, playing it handheld. I've been mostly playing it handheld, uh, but since we've been recording, I've kind of been playing a bit of it in the background on on docked mode. But when you play it in handheld, the AI takes a long time to decide what it's going to do. Oh, that's weird. But when it when I've been playing it just now docked, it seems to be fine. It's no problem. But yeah, it seems. And and the the thing is, the commentators have the cheek to complain when I take a while to make my <laughs> shot. But when the AI is deciding, it's just frozen there with like a triangle up up at the top, going thinking, thinking, thinking. That's like a really weirdly like old school way of doing that. That's like um, it was a chess game for I can't remember if it was the NES or like an older console that you made your move, and then as the AI was thinking to give it more processing power, it just showed a black screen yeah like and then loaded for a second to load in their turn it's a it's weird yeah so i'm not i'm yeah playing it playing it handheld probably not the way to go it just seems to take a lot longer to do to do anything uh Mm -hmm. the other kind of hidden benefit i guess of playing this is that I've realized that my Switch has the dreaded Joy-Con drift. Because oh yeah, as I'm, li- has as, as I'm lining up to take my shot, the camera decides to just randomly change angle because it's getting and a tiny it, wee input from the from the Joy-Con. An easy way to uh, to check that is if you go into the settings like the the system settings yeah and go to controllers and sensors and then scroll down to calibrate control sticks is it no sorry test input devices i think um i'm not sure i went i did go through there because i went to update the firmware on the joy cons and that actually did get rid of the drift for a day, and then it came back. Bit. Right. Oh, it is the calibrate control stick. So if you calibrate, go calibrate control sticks and click in the stick that you think is drifting, it should open up the little like calibration thing. And if you just leave yeah. it without doing anything, the little cross should be centered. But if you've got to the drift, it will move about. And then yeah. beyond there, I guess it's actually getting in touch with Nintendo. Yeah. That's hoping they'll fix it for you. Yeah. I've heard also just like I've heard also just like compressed air like directly and like under the little flap under the joystick will do it. But I don't mm. know about that. Um I do need to get myself a can of compressed air to clean out my PS4 as well. Yeah. Because it really sounds like it's going to take off anytime I play in the Right. Yeah, mine does that as well. It was a bit quieter when I first got the Pro, but the, the Pro is still also very loud. But yeah, yeah, Snooker's Snooker's okay. Uh, like I said, it's it's kind of like a nostalgia trip. More than more than anything, I don't think I'll really get a huge amount of of play out of it though. 
I need to I need to find something on my switch that will kind of keep me entertained and have a lot of replayability. Hmm. Like um I've played a lot of Baba as you uh-huh. obviously. Um, so good. But you know, every now and again I'm gonna get I'm gonna get frustrated at that and have to put it down sort of thing. It's so a very difficult game. Yes. Yeah, I need to finish that yeah. game. Have we got any more video games to talk about? I think uh, there's just one. Yep, there's one more. Yes. Ash so, Chain. Yeah. So so, for it. <laughs> well, Kieran has played, I think Kieran's played a lot more than me, so I'll let you. Uh, and I, I quite like it, but I don't think I like it as much as Kieran does, so. Uh, that's definitely possible. I really, really like it. Um, how far into it are you? I am. I think I've just. F- I'm running around the streets for one of the first times. Uh, okay. So, the thing I'll say about this game is it has a really shit intro. Um, <laughs> the first two missions of Astral Train, which I. Th- think the thing you're talking about running around the streets is the second one yes yeah are like story-wise and stuff they're really good and they introduce you to the mechanics of like running around you you do some like basic police work of talking to people and you take notes from certain things and go yeah oh i saw a a red ghost somewhere etc etc and that stuff is introduced you to really well and that's really cool and stays consistently really good for the couple of chapters past that that i played the thing that's bad in those first two chapters is the combat. Yes. Uh, so where I am at the moment is it's kind of the first battle I've been sucked into the red place. Yeah. If the combat yeah. is the thing that's making you not like it so far, stick with it. <laughs> yes. At the no. end of that chapter you're on just now. Yes. Like one hundred percent, I would say. Like I was skeptical. I can almost say that word. Skeptical mm-hmm. about this game for the first two chapters as well, just because I will straight up say the combat is bad in those first two chapters. Right. Like they introduce you to the basic mechanics. Like the the core concept of this game is that you are this police officer that has this like spectral entity from another from the astral plane chained to you which allows you to fight these monsters from the astral the astral plane and you're literally chained to it that's what the astral chain is and you have uh an attack button and you have like a dodge and you have an attack button that sends out your you know your creature to fight for you they call them legions and the combat to start with feels very weak and like enemies don't really react to any of your attacks and it's really simple like you don't have any combos or anything you can do it is really just go up and hit them and that's it and i was super disappointed with the combat for the first two chapters because of that i was like what is this like this this is made by the same people that made bayonetta yes you know they made two amazing Bayonetta games. They made Nier Automata. They made they know how to do combat. It's the thing they're known for. And once you finish the second chapter, you get like a massive power boost that unlocks combos. 
enemies have knockback so that you actually can like start comboing them properly uh, uh you get different uh like sync attacks that you do with your creature that let you kind of chain attacks between you knocking an enemy up and down and then them coming in to do like a finisher all and right. the combat turns into that kind of bayonetta level like super fast paced ah. super stylish over the top action stuff and i don't understand why the first two chapters are the way they are <laughs> so <laughs> let me ask this let me ask you this as well uh, did you change the the playing style or the difficulty to the uh, is it pt standard cuz it I starts playing on the pt standard difficulty yeah yeah i didn't so even I... touch the casual one yeah, because it, it lets you do the casual one. Uh, well, the the first part of the one of the fights is in yeah. casual, and then it says, "Do you want to change it?" So I changed it, and I thought maybe that's why I was struggling with this final boss battle it's at the moment. Kinda hard as well. Yeah, like yeah, not. But again, I don't think you'll find it hard in that difficulty level after that chapter. Right, but it is literally just because the combat's not very good in those two chapters for yes, yeah. bizarre design decision. Um, it's weird. I but other than that, I I love the style. I love the music. I love the shitty story. I love the shitty dialogue. <laughs> the shitty story is one hundred percent. We watch Neon Genesis Evangelion <laughs> and we watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and we like the police. I guess yes, like. Yeah. Evangelion in particular, this like as someone who never watched Evangelion growing up and watched it for the first time when it came to Netflix a month or two ago. So it's all very fresh in my mind. Right. This game directly rips off Evangelion in so many different <laughs> ways. From like the main the main group in Eva- Evangelion is uh, a group that has uh, these mechs that they use to fight giant monsters that are invading the earth. And the group is like above the police and is called Nerve. And then this is basically the same group, but they're called Neuron. Yes. <laughs> they're both run by like these, you know, kind of slightly menacing looking older scientist types that wear glasses and, you know, have their kind of like hands like, you know, uh, like Mr. Barton style, like in front of their ha- faces a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's, down to the point where you know that it's intentional because yes. one of the things you can unlock in this game is different color schemes to change the colors of your both your character's costume because you can customize your character a bunch and also your legion. And one of the first color schemes you unlock for your legion is a purple and green one that looks like the main mech from Evangelion. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you knew exactly what you were doing. Like this wasn't yeah. this wasn't an accident. You were directly ripping off this anime on purpose, which the actual story isn't really anything like Evangelion, but like it's it's interesting how far they have went with a lot of that stuff that I really like. Because yeah, the story seems kind of junk, like kind of like B level anime so far. Right, but I am enjoying it a lot. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's it, it's like I'm enjoying it is possibly a bit more than the the story in Bayonetta. Bayonetta had the you know the, I mean the, it's oh, comprehensible the, at least unlike Bayonetta. Yes, yeah, and you know 
there's there's not a witch who strips down to nothing for no apparent reason. <laughs> she <laughs> means like a, something that looks like a younger version of herself somewhere through, but maybe that's the child, that, maybe it's her child, maybe it's just another witch child. Who knows? Being a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's um, a kid that's a squirrel in the second one, uh, but... Oh, so I bought Bayonetta. I've I've bought it three three times now, and mm-hmm. uh, the second time was on the Wii U, and I I bought it and I took took it home and I popped it into the Wii U. It was one of the games that I got with it, and popped it in, started playing it, and I was playing, and it was doing that dual screen thing, so you could what you could either play it on the on the TV or you could just look down at your controller and play it on mm-hmm. the controller. And Anne was just playing in the bedroom, so I was lying on the bed and playing it on the TV. And Anne was there and she was reading. And she something caught her eye or the music or something and she looks and she sees it's at the one point where Bayonet has got, a, you know, she's powering up and all her hair is leaving her body so she's becoming <laughs> naked. And she's beaten up the monster. And I just got this look from Anne. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you playing, you pervert? <laughs> yeah, being as weird. Yeah. Um, this game, not as pervy as that. No, um, no. It seems very self-serious about a lot of stuff. It does have a good sense of humor, though. There's something you get introduced to after, I think it's in the third chapter or something, is like, there's a character in the police. You you end up unlocking this kind of hub area, this police precinct you can walk around in. Yes, yeah. Um, it's kind of like the monastery in Fire Emblem. Um, but one of the characters that's in there is this uh, policewoman who decided one day to increase morality. Uh, yeah, increase, increase morale in the, the whole precinct. She was going to dress up as the precinct mascot, which is like this big dog. And so she goes around wearing this like dog costume with like a police hat on and stuff. Right. And everyone knows it's her, but when she's in the costume, she pretends they don't and acts like fully in character the whole time. And everyone's <laughs> just like, "Look, Marie, we know it's you. Like, come on, <laughs> what are you doing?" Um, but like, she does a lot of the the navigation tutorial stuff. So you end up like you'll get a series of side missions that are like go and visit. You know the upgrade team that will let you get the upgrades for your weapons, and you uh-huh. go into the room, and your character just hears something behind them going, "This is the upgrade team. They'll upgrade your weapons." And turns around, and then just Marie in this giant dog costume is like inches away from your face, <laughs> like as you turn around, your character like jumps, and that happens like almost every room you go into, like every room you go into in this tutorial, like you turn around and she's just right there behind you and your character freaks out every time. <laughs> Except for the last one where they turn around and the character's not there, but you still heard her voice. So you turn around and your character's confused and turns back around again and then she's right an inch away from your face. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a silly little joke, but it works really well. Um, I'm really enjoying it. The combat gets so much better later on. I just recommend sticking with it. The levels so far have been really cool. They've done yeah. some really like inventive stuff with some of the the areas in it um i kind of like the blend of like each mission kind of has so far at least had a similar structure of you have like the police work part of you're going around 
interviewing people in a little kind of small hub area, usually like a street or something. Uh huh. And usually you'll get one or two little side missions that you can do in that hub area if you want to. Like they're not necessary, but you know, sometimes it'll just be like someone will go, Hey, can you help me find this place and show you a picture and you can lead them to that place? Sometimes there'll be like some monsters kicking around and you can go kill them. Sometimes it'll be people saying, you know, can you help me find this item that's somewhere, etc. Cetera, et cetera. You know, usual little side mission things. And you can do those to get bonuses, which is really cool. And it all just feels really fun. Sometimes also doing those side missions will unlock like or at least it seems to unlock like better answers to the police work part of it. Because then it usually ends up with you meet up with the rest of the police and they're like, ah, well, you know, someone, people found some kind of mysterious thing. It was, and then it opens up your notebook and you have to pick up, you know, what the things you have talked to people about and find the one that matches what they're talking about. Um, it's cool. And then once you do that, it goes into, hey, here's a, you know, Bayonetta style, like action level. And they're not as over the top, like kind of, um, you know, action set pieces as Bayonetta is, but they, they go there at places. Uh, I mean, the game starts with like an on, on a bike like shooting sequence, which was weird. Yeah, that was... Uh, I kind of liked it, though. It, it looked really good as well. Yeah, I liked it as well. It just wasn't like, wasn't what I was expecting. Like, I was like, I know what this game is, roughly this kind of action game that you can do some police work on it starts and it's like all right well you're gunning down all these monsters well on a bike yes and these uh, monsters seem somewhat humanoid because they drove a van up and then started like leaning out of the van shooting at me which is weird yeah uh i did wonder about that how you know were they driving it with like mind control or yeah, right. because it didn't look like their limbs would have been able to control no. the car <laughs> I imagine the story is going to be pretty like predictable. I mean, like in the very first mission, they show you that these monsters are somewhat humanoid because they are driving cars. That they are actually humanoid because you see people get corrupted and turn into them. Yes, and that some of them are bigger and crazier than others, and so maybe they are not humanoid. But if they are humanoid, maybe the fact that you have like enslaved and chained one of them to yourself to fight the others is maybe less, you know maybe yes. the morality of that will come up some point later in the story <laughs> <laughs> who knows um, yeah. but yes, I am really enjoying it I'm going to play more of it I will probably finish it there's a good chance this will end up like in discussions at the end of the year I think, if it stays I, as good as it has been so far, despite I the think- shaky intro yeah, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, yeah, but I think if like if you play through the next like chapter or so, I think we will come back to this podcast next week, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, okay." Like, yeah, I I really like it. I just yeah, I'm finding the that the kind of combat is the weakest part of it at the moment. Yeah, I 100% think that if by the time you've finished that chapter and started the next chapter and got to play around with the updated, the upgraded combat. Yeah. Because it's just like the core feel of the combat feels better. Because in those first two chapters, going up and hitting a character with your main weapon doesn't really do anything. 
Yes. Yeah. Like they don't really react to it. You just hit them. Yeah. Um, which I think is partly to try and teach you to do critical hits, which is, you know, get behind them and hit them from behind. But they still don't really react to those that much either. Right. Um, but once you finish that chapter, you like your normal attacks do way more damage. It's an odd choice. I don't really think it was a smart one because the amount of people I have talked to that have all just been like, yeah, the combat seems to suck. And I'm just like, give Stick it a chapter. With it. Yeah. Give it like one more chapter. You're still in the first two chapters, I can tell. It's strange. But yes, Astral Chain, I'm really liking it. I think we'll probably be talking about it again on the podcast soon because. Yes. Cool. Uh, I think that's for games people have been playing. Uh, we have a couple of board games here. Ben, if you want to talk about well, both of these because you're the one that's been playing board games. I've not played board games in ages. Yeah, same. I've not done much at all. <sighs> um, yeah, I got a chance to because I went up to Tabletop Scotland. I should have uh, went. Not, not last weekend, no, two weekends ago. Yeah, I, was, uh, I was meant to go. Yes, but you were elsewhere. I was elsewhere, yes. I, I ended up in uh, uh, Tenerife, of all places. On assignment, let's say. On, a, on assignment, <laughs> yes. Yeah, go with There's that. Lots of game events happen in Tenerife. Ask anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously, Mike, we went up last year, which was the first year of yes. Tabletop Scotland. Yep. And, and this year it was. Pretty much twice the size. Um, so you'll remember that they had the one hall that was kind of on the right-hand side as you came in. Yep. Uh, to the event last year. This year they had the, the opposite hall as well. So they had literally doubled their floor space. Um, they didn't quite double the amount of uh, exhibitors and things like that. Uh, but it's certainly got kind of room to grow again for for next year mm-hmm. uh, which was great because you know it was we had a lot of fun last year and i think it was quite a nice relaxing event after the kind of chaos that was us running around uk games expo earlier in the year mm-hmm. i don't know if you, you agree with that sentiment yeah, it was it was a, a lot more relaxed. Um and the the space did feel like it was uh, the utilization of space was better. Mm-hmm. There was room to breathe. Yes, yeah. Um with the uh, UK Games Expo it is quite cramped and it does it feels like they're trying to get they're trying to get as much as they can into the area, which is fine. You know, um, they want you to have the best time, and but it is your personal pay, your personal space is does pay the price for it, and yeah. it it does kind of feel uncomfortable. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But yeah, so Tabletop Scotland again this year, very much the same. Um, 
there was more to see, more to do, but there was still just the amount of same amount of kind of space and room to breathe and um plenty of plenty of tables to sit sit at and play. Um, I didn't actually get a chance to take anything out of the board game library this time. Oh, okay. Cause, well, because last last year, um, yourself and Stephen were kind of covering it for the site and podcast, whereas I just took one of my kids up. Yes. Um, so this this year, I didn't I didn't take any of the children. I was going up specifically for the site, and if you head over to the website, you a write up of of the weekend over there. Um, so I was I was doing a bit more kind of running around and, and seeing things. One thing I was hoping to see was the new Alien RPG from Free League, um, right? Which w- went through Kickstarter successfully and has been out to backers now and is now actually being being sold on the shelves as well. Um, now we've looked at Free League RPGs before. Uh, Kieran, you took one of the the mutant books mm-hmm. as well and I, i've looked at the coriolis and the mutant stuff as well and and i think the alien uses the same same sort of system where you're rolling a number of d6 and trying to get successes yeah rather than rolling you know just one d20 or, or a couple of d10s or whatever and looking for a number uh but it also seems to have been designed a lot with a lot more consideration to things like conventions or you know tabletop groups where they go let's play this this one time and uh, kind of like one shot cinematic episodes I think actually what they've called them where they're a lot more geared to kind of just sitting down and playing without having to do all the the background character generation and you know having the time set aside for a full-on campaign uh, unfortunately, the GM that was supposed to run the game uh, ended up not being able to make it to the convention. Ah, so we sucks. weren't able. We weren't able to. to we, <laughs> Actually, we were also we were also a bit late and probably wouldn't have got space by the time we got there. Yeah, but yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit disappointing not to be able to see it. Um, that said, if we had have spent three hours playing uh, an RPG, we wouldn't have had time to go around and see everything else that we did yes yeah so yeah it was it was a great a great day um i think if it gets much bigger a great day is going to have to turn into a full a weekend great weekend right because uh, like i said I, I was i was actually struggling still to to get around and see everything that was there um, I know there was there was definitely a couple of stalls where I never never had a chance to actually take a look at the at their games. So, um, one one game that I did take a look at was one I think we've all played, which was the Arcane Blaster Casters. Yes, yeah. I no, I'm not too sure if Kieran has. Yeah, I, I've not. Played, I don't think. I've oh, did you know? I thought you. I thought you would have played it at the Thanksgiving. Uh no. Uh, I didn't really play a lot of board games at Thanksgiving. Which was, of course, like five years ago now, as well. <sighs> so long ago. So, so long, long ago. ago. We do um, 
Yeah. But uh, Arcane Blaster Casters is a kind of an arena wizard battle game uh, where you have to quickly come up with ridiculous spells to use on your opponents. Um, now, I don't think, Mike, have you played it since? The fourteen. La- yeah, the last time that I played it would have been four years ago. So that would have been 2015 at Essen. All right. Um, um, yeah. So I don't, I don't think, I don't know if they would have had, they've made a slight change to the game where, you know, before it was just, there was a turn order. Yes. And, and you, you looked at your cards and you took your time to decide what it was that you come up with for your spell. Uh, they've changed that now. There's initiative tokens, which are in the middle of the board. Right, uh, okay. So you have to look at your cards and kind of decide fairly quickly what it is you want to do. Lay down your spell and grab the first available initiative token. Ah, oh, okay. So then, so it gets rid of kind of analysis paralysis sort of stuff. Um, and it's a lot more, okay, I'm just going to throw down this spell because it sounds wacky. Right. And therefore, like you, you're you're grabbing the token first, and then there's also because there was um, one of the effects of the spells can make you blind, where you don't get to choose your spell. You're just gonna pick three random cards. Yes, yeah. So it means that if you're blind, you're pretty much guaranteed to be first in the initiative, because you can just throw down three cards and grab the token. Yes, yeah. Um, which I I liked, and it worked really well. It 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 sped the the pace of the game up a bit. Um, our our game was a bit trap heavy, so I think I set off the first spell and triggered a bunch of traps in a burst radius around. Uh, I think it was Malcolm's wizard, and then Mihai set off traps around um my friend David's wizard, and then. Uh, Malcolm then also targeted me, and there was just traps everywhere at this point, and right. people were just getting pushed through them. So, I, I think we actually killed Malcolm in the first round, <laughs> right? Uh, and then, in by the end of the second round, uh, my friend David, he was just kind of skirting around the side of the arena, avoiding everything. And just basically managed to survive by by doing that, whereas Mihai and and I had just like thrown absolute chaos spells all over the place trying to just do maximum damage. Um, but yeah, like I can't remember really how long the game took to play when we first played it, but I remember it being you know a reasonable amount of time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we were we were done in about fifteen minutes. Oh wow! Okay, so the, it's been sped up quite a bit. Yeah, and it might have just been the fact that we kind of threw out some crazy kind of maximum damage spells. But I think I think it's mostly down to this new kind of initiative system that they've they've put in place. Right. I think because you know, for a a new player, they could. 
be quite easily sitting and trying to read the cards and going, right, what do all these symbols mean? And how am I supposed to cast the spell? But uh-huh. if you just say to them, look, we'll just throw down something that's quick, which means you're going to be first in turn order. If, you know, pick something that sounds fun. Um, then the game's going to be over quick enough that they'll have got the grasp of it and you can just play a, play a second round. Right. So, yeah, uh, and they are finally pushing it to Kickstarter in November. Yes, yeah, so uh, I'd de- definitely be backing that and uh, just supporting Friends of the Show. Yeah, absolutely. But... Um... Um, so the, the other thing uh, that when I was speaking to Mihai, uh, I'd agreed probably about a year ago to buy a copy of an Irem from him, right? <laughs> and I was, I, I, I was originally going talking about this. Yeah, I was originally time. going to send him money via PayPal, and he was going to post it to me. And I think we just kind of forgot about it, and never came around to it. So I messaged him a couple of days before going to the show, and I was, I was like, "Um, you still got that copy of an Irem?" <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Yes." So he brought it along, and I finally purchased it from him. Uh, so I think we've all played the digital version of that yes and Kieran you've got the physical version yes or had still have I do still have it yeah I I don't know Mike have you played the physical physical one as well well? Uh, no I no I don't have the physical version no just digital one yeah Yeah. Um, I do have quite a a number of single player games now but it's one of the ones that I don't have. It's so good. I really like I really like that game, and I've I haven't tried it with all the expansions in it yet. Cause yeah, I was, was going to ask that the version you get is it the second print that has all the expansions with it? Yeah, like seven seven expansions or something in it. Yeah, something like that. I've played um, with a couple of them. They're good little twists. Like it's still the same core game, but they add some yeah. nice little twists. Most of them just make it a bit harder, really. Cool. Um, I mean, that game's hard enough. Yeah, but um, but they don't just make it a bit harder. Some of them make it a little bit. There's a d- certain degree of luck to Onirum just because it is, you know, somewhat yeah, random because it's all shuffling a lot. Um, yeah. and there's a couple of the expansions that kind of make it a bit more goal focused. That okay. kind of it's still obviously very random because you're still shuffling the whole deck constantly. Um, but there's they make it a little bit more strategic. Right. Um, that is the one thing, though, is all the shuffling. <laughs> you shuffle a lot. <laughs> it's yes. a lot of shuffling. That's the one thing that I think I like the digital version a yeah. bit more. Like, I, I still think that the physical version is the best way to play that game, but the digital version does all that shuffling for you. <laughs> yes, yeah. But it is definitely... A nice feature of the digital version is not having to shuffle all those cards. So for people who don't know, on Irem, every time you find like certain things and do certain things, you have to shuffle the entire deck again. The deck's like big. It's not just yeah. It's not just a pack of cards. It's like a bit bigger than that. It's just. I mean, it is. It is highly possible that you play a card and then need to shuffle the deck twice before you play another card. Yep. <laughs> 
Um, but it's fun. It is. It is a lot of fun. And I and I've I have kind of played it a couple of times since since picking it up. And yeah, it's it's exactly what I was looking for. Kind of a, a, a wee solo game that I can sit and play while also watching the telly. Yeah, it's good for that. It's very relaxing as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's really it for for board games. I mean, I played a lot of stuff at Tabletop Scotland, but I, well, I don't think we've got time to go into everything. That's right. Uh, so definitely go along and and check out the article on the website. Yes, yeah, cool. cool. People should go read that. Uh, should we do we news? Have news? New releases? Yeah. I always forget which order we do these in, and we've yes. done this two hundred and seventy-nine billion times. Yeah, so uh, I yeah, so we if we can go through them rather quickly, I think. Yeah, we can leave the news till next week if we want, or we can just do new releases. Um, I don't know. Is there anything that you you want to touch on in, in specific in the news? Uh, the Nintendo Direct stuff's like pretty big. Um, there was a bunch of Nintendo Direct stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. there's a Kickstarter for the Reigns board game. Which looks kind of cool. I am probably going to back it. Mike, you looked at it and decided you didn't want it. Yeah, it's... You said it's complete trash, I believe. Uh, it's rubbish <laughs> game for losers. And, uh... No, no. Um, <laughs> it is... I, was... I was surprised it's not a solo game. Yeah. I, think, I was kind of expecting a solo game like uh, No, I mean, I, the announced beforehand it was going to be a party game, but yeah. I could also see like a solo game would yeah. work really well for Reigns. I I was expecting it to be a bit more combative and a uh, you know yeah quite quite a lot of take that elements in it rather than what it is and it's more it's more an improvisation party game which is yeah. yeah. Uh, which we which all is, have a few of those. Yeah, I, but I wasn't expecting it from it, and I yeah, I think they could have done better. Just personal feeling. Yeah, I'm probably still going to get it because I like the look of it. But yeah, I can understand that. Um, there's a Kickstarter. We didn't. We do actually have one less news here, but there's a Kickstarter for a game called Orchard. People should look at that because uh, maybe yes, bought it, so it's probably good. I didn't really look at it much, but. I looked at it enough to go, I'm going to buy it, it's cheap. Yeah, so... so... <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a solo uh, game and it's cheap, done. Yeah, it's a solo game, it's from Sidroom Games. Those are the guys that did the game that uh, both Kira and myself really liked, which was Black Sonata, yeah. which is the the solo the solo game where you are searching for the, the, the Dark Lady from Shakespeare's sonnets, yeah. and it's basically it's a single player letters from Whitechapel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really like. I was actually, you know what? I lied. I have played played board games recently because I played that at the weekend. <laughs> um, um, fantastic game, really good. They then brought out another game, which uh, all of these games have been print and play solo games. Mm-hmm. So Black Sonata was the one, and everyone raved about it at one uh, solo awards so they made that kickstarter and then they brought out another one which kieran and myself are both backed again uh, is it uh, marquee 
Yes. I think it is. Like, yes. Like a Euro game. Yeah, it's a worker play. Game. It's solo worker placement game. And uh, the cool. board, uh, board Game Geek went, this is even better than, than <laughs> Black Sonata. So we, we backed that one. And then uh, Orchid is out. soon as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. It comes out within the next couple of months or so. Yeah. Uh, but Orchid is, it's basically, it's a stacking game. It's a, a solo game. You've got nine tiles and you've got, I think it's five different sets of trees. And what you what you do is you put one card on the deck and that's your base one. And to be able to pick the fruit from these trees, you need to stack uh trees of the exact same color on top of each other and what you do is you play the card and uh, but you have to uh, you can't just use you know there's a, a red tree so you stack the, the red tree on top of the red tree it needs to be at least two trees touching so you need to get sort of half the card touching on top of it and you mark you keep score with uh, dice mm-hmm. um, really clever mechanics so um very simple yeah and it seems really cool i'm looking forward to it um so i'll skip in the direct news because there's so much of it but there's like a dozen things that all came out during the nintendo direct by the time this podcast goes up super nintendo games will be on switch as well which is cool yes um and then stuff that we've talked about like the tetris 99 update that you talked about mike was yeah um Smash Brothers got updated and added Banjo Kazooie. Yep, I played as them a little bit. I really like them. I'll probably talk about them more next week because cool. I'll actually play them properly. Uh, but then they also announced the next character that's come to Smash Brothers, which is Terry Bogard from the Fatal Fury series, or probably more well known recently from King of Fighters. Yes, yeah. Uh, which I think is a good choice. I like Terry Bogard. I like those games. Uh, there was a bunch of other stuff, but I think those are the ones that jump out to me, except for, oh, uh, Deadly Premonition 2 got announced. Yes, yeah. Which That first game is weird and bizarre and out on Switch now, and people should try it. On, if you like Resident Evil style games, it's, it's like if someone took the format of the Resident Evil games, like 4 and stuff onwards, more so than the previous ones, but still some of the puzzle solving of the previous ones, but then also instead of making it based on like zombie horror movies based on Twin Peaks mm-hmm. and it is weird it's, it's worth playing yeah. um, uh, Overwatch is coming Overwatch to... got announced yeah yeah. it's coming to Switch that's out like next month or something like that like it's real soon yes yeah Um, I forget what else was announced at it but uh, stuff. Su- Super Kirby Clash was announced oh, and yes. available immediately as well it's a free to play game that uh, is a sequel to a 3DS game that was also free to play. Oh, okay. Uh, I played a little bit of it. It's weird. It's interesting. It's kind of like it's kind of like a Kirby version of Monster Hunter. <laughs> um, it's like you fight against different Kirby bosses, and you like upgrade gear and buy new gear and stuff like that, so you can you know upgrade your Kirby to do more damage and stuff, and then it's got four-player multiplayer. Um, it seems interesting. I don't know how like much of an issue the, you know, the free-to-play elements are. 
So I'll need to play more of it. Um, I'll probably talk about it next week if I play more of it. Uh, Return of the Obra Den is coming to Switch, which is yes. very good. That game is fantastic. Uh, the only reason it wasn't really mentioned during our Game of the Year last year is that I didn't buy it until after our Game of the Year last year. Or right. like near Game of the Year. Um, it's, that game is like a, a puzzle game, like an investigation puzzle game where you're trying to figure out how everyone died on a ship. And you have like a little watch that lets you kind of jump back to the moment of their death. And it takes a kind of supernatural twist very early on that goes places. And it's very good. I recommend it. Uh, What else did we have? I'm skimming through it just now because I can't remember. And this is probably faster. Oh, um, uh, uh, what was the Fire Emblem Persona game? Um... Uh, what's the name of it? What's the name of it, Mike? Tell me. <laughs> which one? Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Oh is yes, coming yeah. to Switch, which is good because I never played that on the Wii U, so I'll probably buy that. Divinity Original Sin Two is coming to Switch, and it has cross save with the Steam version of the game on PC. Wow! So if you well, play Divinity Original Sin on PC and you decide, hey, I want to keep playing this on my commute or something like that, you can just move that save over and just play it. That's which is cool. cool. I like that. Civilization Six does that as well. Oh um, right! You can have share the same saves between PC and Switch. Oh wow! Um, Doom sixty four is coming to Switch because someone probably asked for that. Um, <laughs> High Res's new game is coming to Switch, which is like another third person shootery thing. They're the people that made Paladins. It looks like a hero shooter, but I don't know. It was all CG, so who knows? Right. Um, Pokemon is a game that exists and Paul is probably excited for. Uh, he didn't seem overly excited about it. Oh, no, Paul's pretty fucking excited. I don't think he was excited about specifically the stuff in this direct, but he is right. He's itching for that game. Um, Super Nintendo games are coming to Switch. Like I said before, they will be up by the time this podcast is up. The launch lineup, uh, worth noting, they're all part of the Nintendo Switch Online subscription, like the NES games are, and you don't right. pay any extra. There was rumors going around before that they were going to do like a higher tier of pay that you had to pay an extra like two pound a month or something like that to get the Super Nintendo games. Thankfully, right. they didn't do anything stupid like that. Launch games: Brawl Brothers, which I've Ooh. never heard of. Okay, uh, do you know that yeah. one? I no, I when you said Brawl, I I was thinking Smash. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> I would play a Super Nintendo Smash Brothers game. Um, Breath of Fire, Demon's oh, Crypt. Okay. Oh, okay, right, yeah. F Zero. Oh, Joe and Mac Two: Lost in the Tropics. Okay. Um, I don't know what that is either. Kirby's Dream Course, which is a really good like mini golf Kirby game. Um, which is a weird sentence to say now that I've said it, but it's, yeah. it's good. It's a very good game. I recommend playing it. Uh, Kirby's Dream Land 3, which is a All really right. good Kirby game, and usually doesn't show up on these kind of collections. Like It wasn't on the Super Nintendo Mini, for example, um, but it's a really good one. Uh, Pilot Wings, Star Fox. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, Pilot Wings is a good one as well. That wasn't on the Super Nintendo Mini either, actually. Uh, Star Fox was. Yes. Fun Race FX. Which is a weird one, but pretty cool that they put Stunt Rafe. They made a real like 
big deal about stunt race FX being on the the Switch. Like it was like one of the ones they showed most prominently during their direct. They're like, we did it, guys. We got stunt race FX. And I was on like a Discord talking to people, and everyone was like, "What the fuck is Stunt Race FX?" Right. <laughs> um, it looks cool though. Uh, Super EDF Earth Defense Force, which I've never—I don't know—I've never played that. Is that related to like the current EDF games? I think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. I like EDF. I didn't used to like EDF. I like EDF after I got that review code for EDF. Was it like four point or something like that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I played it and I was like, oh wait, EDF is good. Um, Super Girls and Ghosts, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario World, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, Super Metroid, Super Puyo Puyo 2. That's a weird one. That's I'm into that. Uh, Super Soccer, Super Tennis, and The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past. I think it was a pretty good launch lineup. That is, yeah, it's, I would, I was only, I haven't seen the, the Nintendo Direct yet because I was, uh, I was doing other things last night, so I was planning on watching it at one point, mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't realise there was that many yeah, it's like, games, yeah. It's quite a lot of games, most of the like heavy hitters from the Super Nintendo are there to start with, like you've got Star Fox, Super Metroid, Zelda, yep. uh, Super Mario World, um, F-Zero. Mario Kart, like they're like the big ones that you would expect. The only thing I think it's really missing from there, I mean, there's a couple of things missing from there. The one that personally I think I would like is um, Mario All Stars, but given uh, they have the NES, you know, game collection that has those games on it anyway, it's not really that big a deal. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a good lineup. Cool. And then also they're selling Super Nintendo controllers that connect to the Switch. They're going to be like, uh, I think it's like 25 quid here. Um, I don't need one because I have an 8-bit controller. It looks like a Super Nintendo controller. And I have that dongle. lets me use the Super Nintendo Mini controllers on my Switch. Yes. Probably still going to buy one. Um, (laughs) I'm disappointed that they didn't do the thing that they did with those NES controllers. Which is, I don't know if you remember, but the NES controllers they sold with Nintendo Switch Online had the Joy-Con rail on them. Yes. The way you charged them was you slotted them onto the side of the switch, which was stupid, uh-huh. and looked terrible, and I loved it. Um, <laughs> they don't have that; it just charges with a USB C cable. Right. Um, but yeah, they look like good Super Nintendo controllers. Um, let's see all the Tetris stuff. They showed some more uh, Mario and Sonic at Olympic Games stuff. That game looks weirdly good. Like it's still just a mini game collection, but the mini games look pretty fleshed out. And then they have this like retro mode, which is all the same mini games, yeah, but they tweaked the... them and they're in the like sixteen bit art style. Yeah, nineteen sixty four or something. Yeah, yeah. And then they've got like a whole story mode built around it. Apparently, like I don't tend to like those games, but I might actually check that one out. <laughs> um. There's a new demo up for Demon X Machina. Uh, what day is it? Yeah, this podcast should be up before the full game's out. Um, yes, yeah. But yeah, de- new demo for Demon X Machina. Your save file will carry over to the main game. This seems mainly like them going, hey, we know the first one had some iffy control choices and the frame rate was bad, so hey, we made it. You know, We uh-huh. brought a new demo to show you how improved it is. 
I've played like 20 minutes of it. Uh, I'll talk about it more next week, but it does seem way better than the first demo, which I already liked. So I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast is coming to Switch. I, I don't understand why, but I've never played that game, so people seem to like it. Uh, and then they had like a montage of stuff and then Animal Crossing. Cool. Uh, Great Auto Sport looks good. Farming Simulator 20 coming out in December. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other new story we've got here Yakuza 6 was uh, Yakuza 6, Yakuza 7 was announced. And it was a controversial announcement because the thing they announced is that it's not going to be a beat em up like all of the other Yakuza games. Instead, oh, right. they're turning into a turn-based RPG, which is a weird change for that series, but I, I won't try it. Those guys make really good games. I trust them to make really good games. I mean, look, that guy made F-Zero GX and Super Monkey Ball. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> that is, that's the opinion I have of the director of the Yakuza series. Like he made two of the like greatest games. He can and that's also, you know, also obviously I really like the Yakuza games. But turn based is a weird change, but hey, we'll see. Um in the West it's gonna be called Like a Dragon with no subtitle or anything. Right, okay. Which is what the series has been called in Japan from the start. Um it's called the direct translation of the Japanese name is like a dragon, but they've called it Yakuza here. Right. Um, people are kind of predicting that they're going to keep, because recently there was an interview with them and they said that Judgment, the game that came out this year that we've talked about in here a couple of times, um, that it sold really well and they'll probably make a sequel to it. And people are assuming that that means that they're going to keep using Judgment with the kind of old school beat up combat that everyone loves and that Yakuza they're going to start just doing weird shit with which I, I'm cool with that I'll play that um, and that's all of the news hooray go through it quickly cool what new releases are there Mike I just quickly go through these so for the week ending the 13th of December we have a few December. things. I yeah, I was just testing to see if you're paying attention. Thirteenth <laughs> of I know, September. I know, I know the shops have got Christmas things in already, but come on. Oh, they do. I passed I them earlier today, and I was like, it's not even Halloween yet. Yeah. <laughs> so thirteenth of September, we have uh, Pez twenty twenties coming out for PS4, Xbox One and PC uh, there must be a boxed version of Goat Simulator, the Goatee coming for the Switch Greedfall comes to Xbox, Playstation and PC I don't know what Greedfall is I'm not too sure as well. oh no I do know what Greedfall is Greedfall is the new RPG from um, Spiders uh... Uh, the people that made that Mars Warlogs game and uh, of Orcs and Men and Bound by Flame. Like they make really interesting but usually not very good RPGs. I right. like the Orcs and Men. Well, usually not, not very good is maybe a poor choice of words. Usually not they're pretty popular. janky. 
yeah, usually yeah, they're yeah. pretty oh, yeah. buggy and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this new one, Greedfall, looks really cool. Um, all of their stuff usually looks really cool before release, though. So we'll see. But I am actually interested in that one. Uh, Gears of War Five comes out on the tenth. Uh, that's not the name of that game. What Gears Five? Yeah, <laughs> the Depth of War. Yes, yeah. They gave yeah. up. God of War is the only GOW now. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what else have we got? I. Uh, no Man's Sky is probably getting a box version because it's listed here. Yeah, they're uh, getting a Beyond version. Right. Uh, Borderlands 3 coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC on the 13th. Didn't realize that was that soon. Uh, and also on the 13th, Damon X Machina, which we yes. mentioned. I already have it pre ordered as well. Looking forward to it. Should be good. It's preloaded. Uh, it's downloaded already. Yes. Yeah. Same. Um, ben, you should be getting all geared up for NHL 20 coming on the 13th as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so listen to how enthusiastic Ben is. I know. I know. Uh, that's really the the biggest one. There's a, there's a Star Wars pinball bundle coming to the Switch. And. There's Say something it. else. I Say it. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it either, so I can't really. Yeah. <laughs> Some an IS game. Yeah, it, it's a uh, Utawara Runo Zan. Utawara Mono. Yeah. Utawara Mono. That's probably not right. Yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, so... Utawara Mono. Zan. <laughs> Sounds wrong, but it's probably close enough. <laughs> It, it's probably some barely clothed. It's woman NIS, running so about it's, a, yeah. Uh, it's NIS, so it's a fifty percent, like a fifty-fifty coin flip. That's either some barely clothed thing, or it's a really in-depth tactical RPG with with over twelve playable characters, online multiplayer, and thousands of players ready to test your metal on the battlefield. Oh, this looks. This is not ah. what I was expecting from this. So. Yeah, so that's what, everything we have for new releases at the moment. So that'd be good. Anything else to add before we finish up? Uh, River City Girls came out. I want to play it. But right. I'm not going to buy it. No. I, I bought Crayola Scoot and I'll talk about it next week. Oh, okay. Because it was on sale. <laughs> right. Seems, seems good. Okay. Someone was like, we can get the Crayola license and make a Tony game. And it's like, wait, why? Why? <laughs> and then also, they're like, we played Splatoon also. So we put some of that in there. And it's like, this is fun. <laughs> why? Did, how did you do that? <laughs> <sighs> but so the only other thing then left to do is uh, thank you all for downloading us and listening to us. And if you have any comments, concerns, or anything you want to let us know, you can send us an email to podcast at com. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for face, uh, Glitch Free Gaming on Facebook. Just search for Twi- Facebook on Glitch Free Gaming. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can tweet us at Glitch Free Game on Twitter. And, of course, don't forget to go to the website www.glitchfreegaming.com where uh, Ben has 
put up there's a, a couple of new articles and Ben's always got nice tasty things for you to go and check out yes we will be having a review of Crusader King's board game Mike and I have another play yes yeah so we will uh, get on on that and uh, get some opinions for you and then uh, get that review up uh, we also don't forget we have our YouTube channel Yes, where you can see an unboxing of that Crusader Kings board game. Yes. Uh, that's youtube.com slash user slash glitch free game or youtube.com slash channel slash capital U capital C. It's, like, <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, user slash glitch free game. Uh, Just search have... for glitch free gaming. Don't you actually probably will not find it if you search for Glitch Free Gaming Northgard review, you will find us on the search engine, right? Nothing else like we have not managed to make our way into YouTube's algorithm very well, right? If you find if you look for uh Mario Maker 2 glitches, you will probably find us, right? (laughs) The fun of having glitch in our title of our channel, um. Yeah, we have a bunch of Mario Maker stuff still going up on there. I've been putting up like two videos a week of Mario Maker. Um, I put up that Kill Kill review a couple of weeks ago. Ben has his uh, unboxing of Crusader Kings up there as well. I put up a review of Fake Arts Goes to New York and more Mario Maker. So, yeah. I uh, look to do more video stuff as always. I'm wanting to put up something with the VR version of No Man's Sky soon. Uh, which is going to be like an unwatchable video because PlayStation VR is really low resolution and recording it is really oh. low resolution. So I might not do it, but I might just do it anyway because I've already recorded the footage. <laughs> we'll see. Cool. Excellent. So in that case, uh, I'm naked. I'm, I'm, I need to go to bed. I'm going to wait in our three minutes until these Super Nintendo games come out. Oh, I suppose we could maybe do that. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> I'm going to stay up and watch the start of the NFL season. <laughs> There's always one. <laughs> <laughs> right, until next time, we'll see you again soon. Bye. Yeah. Bye.